Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. to you. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June, July. What it is, is today? The, it is the last day of June. June. No, is it the first of June? It's the first day it of July. It is the first of July. <laughs> I don't know anything anymore. It's almost time for vacation. When everything I know is wrong. No, no, no. It's the first day of July. First day of July. It's yes. the first day of uh, now, as of this moment. Yes. All right. June is over. All right, then. In this, the month of July, in the year of our Lord, 2009, thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, uh, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. If you'd like to be part of today's program telephonically, you can do that. It's just this easy. You pick up the phone and call 503-228-4101. 101. You can also uh, email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at kufo.com. Did you see the photograph of Al Sharpton dancing with the uh, dancing with that woman at the, the moment of silence thing for Michael Jackson? Yes. So there's everybody having a moment of silence for Michael Jackson, except for Al Sharpton, who's getting his grind on with... with and he's just such a he's just such an unpleasant looking guy in so many ways anyway. And it's just him do it, it was like you expected Eric Neese to pop out of the woodwork and be sort of exhorting everybody to um, to, to to shake it. It was um, you know pushing his loins upon some woman. And <laughs> probably didn't desire that in the first place. <laughs> loins. Is there any word that can make a story sound even more unpleasant than it already does? Al Sharpton pushed his loins on me. All right, I want you to point to the point to the doll and show me exactly where Al Sharpton put his loins. Um, all right, man. Oh, and we were just talking about this as the show began today. You know, a, a real downer. I mean, for us, less so for him. This uh, South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford. It'd be the fact that he's been knocked out of the headlines by Michael Jackson. But we're, today we're going to do our very best to put him back in said headlines. Because I was reading this article last night, and it's one of those things that you you think can't possibly be true. Where this guy who got busted flying to Buenos Aires to get it on with some hot Argentinian woman now says that the Argentinian woman is, quote, my soulmate, but I'm going to try and fall back in love with my wife. And I'm sure his rich wife is happy to hear that. Yes. I think the wife is going to be falling in love with the idea of uh, taking everything he owns and uh, and run out of town on a rail. Uh, all right. What else is coming up today? We'll talk to Cena Radio Correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. You know, Santa Barbara's one big gated community, basically, and I can't imagine they're wild about the idea of, you know, the, the population of that place increasing by a factor of a thousand as every freak from one corner of the earth to the other comes and in for Jackson's thing. The Ventura Freeway meanders through downtown Santa Barbara. It doesn't go around it. It goes through it. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, wow. The highway it bisects. Santa Barbara. When is that? When is the viewing? Is it Friday? 
It is still, let's see, it is still unsaid here. So there's sometime this weekend, but this is not. But this isn't the funeral they're going to be having. This, this is, is public viewing. What is the difference between a funeral? Well, I guess if the funeral is more of the of a, of a ceremony. The funeral is more of the official send off. Open where up those pearly gates for Michael Jackson. Somebody stands up there and says, "Where there's this is where they not presume, in this case, and that is more of a ritualistic thing where a viewing is. Take a look. Uh, <laughs> a viewing, a viewing is sort of like when you're. Uh, if you, like when you're traveling from the border of, of the Oregon to uh, California, and occasionally a guy wants to search your trunk for fruit flies. That's what the viewing is like, except it's not your trunk. It's Michael Jackson's body. Come by and take a look at the desiccated corpse of Michael Jackson. I mean, le- left out in the heat for too long, he will be covered with fruit flies. I was talking to, to Court and Bobby yesterday, and we were sort of wondering if he'll become America's Lennon, where we can just stick him behind some glass and put him up, you know, like in Washington, D.C. somewhere, you know, right next to the, uh, some sort of a tourist exhibit. Like part of the travel exhibit? Well, you have to wonder. Well, like maybe... that money exhibit we made for OMSI? Oh, or like, yeah. Or like that mummy they have down at like Pier 52 or whatever the hell that is in Seattle. All right. Well, you know, they can't. You know how Roop was saying that they have to figure out the funeral arrangements because he's got vacation plans with his, with, with Not the family? Anymore. Well, that's the, that. No, he's been That's what I thought about when I heard that. I go, Roop is going to be fit to be tied. Well, because his whole thing is he was going to be heading out of town unless they could get all the funeral arrangements together. And this is only the viewing. This still isn't the funeral. With Nobody in town's going to be able to move. No, and Joe Jackson made that statement where he said. Um, he said, well, this is." he was very, very specific about the fact that this is not the funeral and that the funeral will be, quote, partially private, partially public. In other words, he's got him and his... What does that even mean? It he means him and, him and his Blu-ray manufacturing friend are in a room somewhere trying to figure out exactly how they can extract every remaining dollar from the uh, pocket of every remaining Michael Jackson fan. Um, anyway, so, but then it's part, of, it's part and parcel of that. So we're supposed to be gone uh, on Friday, or we're going to be gone on Friday, or are going to be gone on Friday. But then if they do that viewing, um, I don't know. If they do that, if they end up doing the viewing on Friday, I might have to, uh, my wife won't be happy about this. I might have to I might have to see my way clear to being here uh, Friday morning, at least just me, because I, I, can't, I can't not come and talk about the Michael Jackson. How many times do you get to talk about Michael Jackson's corpse being on display? You know, Five, six, seven, eight, nine tops? It, it would be a lot better if they did it Saturday. But who am I to tell, you know, the Jackson family what to do? We should, uh... I mean, L.A. traffic. L.A. traffic, first of all, on the holiday weekend, <laughs> on a regular day, is bad enough. But add to that a holiday weekend when people are planning to go away. People will not be able to go away anywhere. And it's going to be 100 oh, yeah. degrees. Are you going to tell people in L.A. they can't leave? <laughs> I mean, what what kind of riot is this going to start? Finally, they get to go away. They may not go away. I finally get to leave this horrible, grimy, soul-crushing city. What? What do you mean? And also, not only that, but not only can nobody in L.A. leave under those circumstances, but again, you're just going to have goons from four corners of the earth just to say, I mean, you know how Michael Jackson fans are. And I'm not talking like casual fans. I'm talking to those... You, you like those the people you, well, those people you those people you always see on television in Sri Lanka where they're just sitting there crying they're like they're like even more unhinged Morrissey fans where they're just you know there'd be some thirty five year old man holding a bundle of roses and just weeping as Michael Jackson sort of walks by in the street and I mean, and they're all going to be descending on that place. It's going to be awesome. A little snaky road that two cars can't get by on opposite sides. <laughs> going right by Dennis Miller's house. Thank you, Joe Jackson. That's <laughs> really good thought. <laughs> Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? <laughs> Hello. It's going to be the best day ever. Yes, it is going to be the best day ever. <sighs> oh, and apparently the will has been submitted, and Joe gets nothing. Catherine gets uh, everything, at least for now, including the kids. 
But now the court is saying uh, that Debbie Rowe is officially going to fight for custody. Also, the dermatologist may be the father of the kids. Or at least you get everything what? done in one office. See, that doesn't, doesn't mean... Well, it was one-stop shopping. They, they, so they scrape the skin off you in one room, and then they stick it somewhere else uh, in, oh. down the hall, and then... Babies. Didn't, hasn't Debbie Rose said that she does not want anything to do Who with knows? it? Who knows? Seriously, I don't know. From and now one, she wants some? Oh, God. I was talking, again, I was talking to Court and Bobby yesterday, and I'm presumably like their sort of Jackson correspondent because I because we're just waiting hip deep into it. We're not, we're, you know, we're not even we waiting. We start into the it. process yeah, every day. We're, we're just leaping into it headlong. Yeah, so we're the, the, supposedly sort of wrapping it all up, but it's like it just, it just morphs from one second to the other. And uh, I, for one, I'm glad for that. All right, let's uh, pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. 509, good morning, everyone. It's going to be sunny near 90 today and 94 tomorrow. And in the 90s, going up to the Labor Day weekend. We'll get to all the Michael Jackson stuff in just a minute. Yes? Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Did I say Labor Day weekend? Well, Fourth of July weekend. Somebody's in vacation mode. I already am. Excellent. Especially when I have to fix broken printers this early. Anyway... Serious stuff. A Woodburn auctioneer's throat has been slashed by some madman. The assailant was quickly apprehended. More than 80 people witnessed the box cutter attack. 22-year-old Jeremiah Thomason of Coos Bay quickly caught in the nearby Shalimar trailer park, facing numerous charges, including attempted murder. The 50-year-old auctioneer is expected to survive. That's kind of crazy. Beaverton police trying to figure out why somebody threw smoke grenades into an SUV parked in the Winco lot. The inside of the vehicle in ruins. The family was shopping when someone came over the intercom announcing, Your SUV is in flames. The owner had uh, just left the window cranked open a little bit on that Ford Explorer. Firefighters discovered melted smoke grenades inside of it. Which which Winco are we talking about? The Winco in Beaverton. All right. And so they were just there and somebody, where would you even get smoke grenades? What is a smoke grenade, first of all? I thought a grenade was a thing that blew up. No, it's a good crowd control thing. The Chinese would use something like that before they ran people over. They Are the Chinese beginning their assault in the Winco parking lot at Beaverton? <laughs> that, that could be, yes. Is that you, their well, point you, of... You said you feared the takeover. This is the beginning. That's their Everyone point of entry? somewhere. <laughs> it's the Winco parking you lot. You can just see them gesturing in a map with a laser pointer. It's, we begin glorious invasion in Winco! It's, it's become the front line. Excellent. <laughs> Wolverines! We will kill people buying giant muffins. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. That's a combination of words. You can, you can tell we're already in holiday mode here. The day before <sighs> we're actually leaving. Awesome. All right. Uh, Salem police have arrested a mom for alleged drug dealing out of her house with her kids present. 40-year-old Catalina Cervantes is charged with dealing in cocaine and child abandonment. Oh, that's a sexy name, though. Catalina, Catalina. Cervantes. Yeah. Hello, I'm Catalina The drugs Cervantes. of Catalina Cervantes. Let's get to the Michael Jackson stuff. This just in, plans for the funeral remain shrouded in secrecy. It'd be nice if they told somebody since it's like the day after tomorrow. The Jackson family is holding the information close to their vests. I guess everyone's wearing a vest. Even area police departments have not been called yet. Are you kidding me? No. Santa Barbara police, Santa Barbara County police have not been told a word. Well, that's not that great. I side with them in every instance, but this time they're right to be concerned. I mean, as you pointed out, it's not really... That's not. Those are these are not really uh, ideal circumstances under which to be having. A, that town is just not designed for that stuff. It's just you can't. I mean, that the whole Santa Barbara is. It's like a choke point. That whole uh, the layout of that place, at least from what I've seen. Right, because Ventura Freeway goes right through Santa Barbara. There used to be a stoplight there. I'm not sure if there is. That is the only place where Highway 101 comes to a stop. 
Oh, it's just going to be chaos. It's just, I mean, it really is just going to be unhinged madness. Well, we should do this. Well, it's straight ahead. We'll, we'll continue this this Jackson news because it's just I want to make sure that we have time to. It, well, it's never going to end. No, it is, it's going to be an endless fire hose of Jacksonia. All right. It is the Rick Emerson show coming up uh, later on today. Mystery guest at 640. Jim Roop at 720. 8 o'clock. We'll talk to uh, Oregonian features writer Peter Carlin. It is Wednesday. and We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Show your thoughts with billions. I was um, honestly moved from the area um, of the feces. Call 503-228-4101. Mommy, what color is a casket? This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. That's right. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. We are live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It is Wednesday. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have uh, more news from Tim Riley. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, our good friend Amanda Moyer uh, joining us now. Hello. How are you, Amanda? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm, I do apologize. We had theme music for you at one point, and I think that failed to make the transition when we changed studios uh, about six weeks ago. I think that uh, we did not bring that with us. We, uh, I, I, I failed to plan, and I planned to fail, uh, Amanda. So uh, we'll, uh, I'll get that taken care of at some point in the immediate future. Okay. I want you to take it as a personal slight or an offense or some sort of di- diminishment of you as a person. Okay. Um, let me ask you about uh, our good friend, South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford. Is this some strange, and I I would say ill-advised strategy that he's working right now, where if he just lays all his cards on the table, uh, including all the cards that apparently have been hidden in his shoe all this time, that will kind of go, well, at least he's being honest at last. Because I saw this article where he said that, quote, this woman in, Ar- in Argentinia, Argentinia, uh, the, this Argentinian uh, woman was his soulmate, but that he was, quote, trying to fall back in love with his wife, which doesn't really seem like a road to making the people love you. No, and he just keeps talking. I mean, we thought that that press conference last week was long when he was blabbering on about all these different things and, and religion and apologizing. He's, and then after that, he's been apologizing to everyone for the past couple of days. Now he's talking more. And as you said, all these details are coming out. He says that um, that mistress is his soulmate. He called the affair a love story. And he goes on and on. And now um, it turns out there have been more trysts with his mistress. Uh, the governor's spokesperson confirmed that he has met with them more times than he originally said in that press conference last week. And I think there was some, he had some sort of trip where it was him and what he called a trusted spiritual advisor who went to meet with this woman. And I think they only did that, if the story is to be believed, they only did that after his wife uh, declined repeated requests by the governor to go meet with the mistress. So the whole thing is, I mean, I guess he must figure at this point that there's, you know, that the only way through the fire is just straight ahead because there's there's really no no going back. And so he might as well just kind of put it all out there and see, you know, like what's the worst that could happen. Right, and there's been so much speculation with more and more Republicans calling for him to resign that maybe uh, some of this was going to come out. Uh, maybe one of uh, – he's also – the AP actually, CNN is quoting the AP saying that there have been not only more trysts, but there were other women, although Sanford says that he did not cross lines with them. But still, like, I mean, it, it, it was during when he was married. So if he, he crossed lines but didn't have any uh, sexual relationship with them – that's that's coming out big, and maybe one of these women were going to come forward. No one exactly knows, but there has to be a reason why he just started talking 
all about this all of a sudden when he's trying to save his political career. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. What sort of, because typically, you know, any sort of scandal like this happens, whoever it is just kind of says, well, you know, yeah, this this happened, but I am only a man with the power of God. I, you know, my family and I will endeavor to get through this. And they don't, nobody really puts anything else out there unless they have to. But you're right, this guy just sort of uncorked like he was a bad bottle of champagne. So I, you you got to wonder if he, if, 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 if that is to try to placate his his wife or his his family somehow, or if he just figures that there's somebody uh, uh, somewhere that just has a videotape of him walking into the hotel. Um, it, it, so it, it, let me ask you this. In your uh, professional estimation, in three months, are we still going to be talking about Governor Mark Sanford? I don't know if we're going to be talking about it in three months, because I think the chips are falling quickly here with him. You know, last week it was, oh, is he going to resign? Is he not going to resign? He said he wasn't going to resign. And we've been watching, and you and I were even talking the other day, saying what else could happen with this guy? And now look what we see. So I'm thinking this will continue for a little bit longer, but depending on the pressure and how many more calls come in this week for him to resign, we could see this end pretty quickly. All right. As always, a pleasure. Thank you, Amanda Moyer. Have a fantastic day. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks. You too. Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen, at the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. You know, the guy just looks weaselly, too. I mean, I'm just... uh, uh, I was can, about I see, to, can I see what he looks like? I was about to say, I actually, uh, I don't have done the, uh, the article in front of me. I was reading, the, I think it was the Washington Post or something this morning. And I was about to say, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But, of course, that's, that's clearly not true either. I mean, who gets in front of a camera when you've been caught stooping some woman in, in, uh, uh, in Argentina and says, well, she is my soulmate? <laughs> and who uh, refers to his wife, his wife who controls all the money, by the way? Now, you were comparing her to um, Ariana Huffington. Huffington. You could also go the Teresa Hines-Carey route because she's the one, I mean, as drunk and nuts as she obviously was. Uh, She obviously controlled all the purse strings in that particular relationship. Who gets on television and and addresses the wife sort of obliquely saying, and I'm trying to fall back in love with her? That is so mean. Well, implying that it's some kind of a challenge, you know? Like, well, she is an unlikable wildebeest, but I'm going to do my best. I'm (laughs) only a man. She's downright hideous. She really is. She's a mud fence, but I'm going to play through the pain. I'll change my mind after a couple of dry martinis. (laughs) (laughs) the secret to attraction is vermouth all right tim riley what headlines are we uh, following on this uh, wednesday well portland makes national news and not in a good way we have all kinds of uh, michael jackson stuff here i don't know where to start and a former portland firefighter gets 20 years for beating and strangling his mother to death and ended on a bit of a down well, okay. Hey, did I tell news you this? isn't wonderful all the time? No, that's true. And did I tell you this thing about the uh, about the bag of insects that I, that we bought? No, no. Are they for your ant farm, you weirdo? No, 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 no. My ant farm. Well, I have a whole. No, there's a whole separate story having to do with the ant farm. All right. Well, I'll just. Uh, I'll tell you when we come back. Uh, straight ahead, we also have uh, mystery guest that's coming up at six forty oh, today. Oh God! I'm Jim- excited. That was like a that was an actual squeal of excitement right I'm there. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. All right. Seven twenty, we will have Jim Roop, eight o'clock, Peter Carlin. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a bunch of mad wolf and they stretched forward and thought I was gonna die. Because they were like rabbit animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. Mystery guest coming up today a little earlier than normal, 640. So you feel good about today's mystery guest? 
Yes. All right. Tim knows who the mystery guest is. Greg knows. Uh, I think Paddock knows. Paddock knows. Everybody else in the dark. You will tell the audience about it before we uh, before it happens. Yes, we'll tell them the break before, but then you can't look on the internets or anything. So compared to last week when we had the guy who wrote the book about ideological bigotry, um, that guy, the, uh, the the tiger guy, uh, w- this guy is equally as a freak show, as, as big of a freak show. All right, so it's a man. You believe he's you believe he's uh, odd, odd, odd on a level that or is it a man meets or exceeds? Is it Andy Dick? Oh, I hate you. All right, fine. Who's fine, to fine. say? Uh, this text message of 52051 says, Hey, Rick, how many ant farms do you have? Um, at the So at the moment, I only have uh, the one, but there are no actual ants in it. Because the deal, it's kind of a bummer because you get it and then the life cycle is only, you know, however long. Unless you have, I guess you have to like, whatever, you have to have like a, a queen or something, you know, to create more ants. And it's like, that just seems like a, that seems like a disaster waiting to happen. That seems like I'm going to go out of town for a weekend. I'm going to come back and it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that Kingdom of the Spiders movie with William Shatner, but my house will just be filled with oh, ants. Like arachnophobia? That's the thing. So it's like, I didn't have a queen or whatever. So when, you know, so when the ants kind of, uh, you know, when, the, when that colony sort of dies out, that I, I, you know, I haven't replaced them yet. So it's, uh, that's sitting in storage. I'll wait and I'll do that as we get closer to fall. No, I, I should say this really quickly. So, uh, one of our fine, uh, uh sponsors, uh, Everybody's Garden Center, they, uh, they're at the corner of 14th and Clinton in Southeast. They have, uh, gardening supplies, accessories, knowledge, know how, et cetera. So my wife has got this whole, kind of victory garden thing uh, that she's doing. And she was there the other day uh, kind of picking up some supplies, and she struck up this conversation with the guy at the counter, and they were talking. She was there to get something. She has these tomato plants that she grows, and so she was getting something for her tomato plants. And the guy at the counter asked, because she, she was getting an insecticide, because she'd gone out in the garden, and like some of the leaves had had those you know, the kind of telltale holes in them that they've been savaged by some sort of a crawling thing. And so my wife is talking about, well, I need some sort of an all-natural insecticide to kind of keep my tomato plants, uh, you know, from getting attacked. And the guy's like, fine, and, you know, I'll try this or this or this. And then he said, of course, you could always just have a more natural solution. And she said, what's that? And he, and he pulls out this, like, a bag, and he said, uh, what you've got here is uh, a bag of praying mantis eggs. So what you're going to do is you take these home, you, uh, you put them out in the sun, and in about three weeks, you'll have a hundred praying mantises. Creepy. <laughs> Did you buy them? I don't. Say, I didn't buy them. Oh my god, they're going to get into your house and they're going to crawl on you while you sleep. And okay, why would you nose. go right to? Why would you go right to getting in my nose? Oh my gosh, they're totally going to crawl up your nose while you sleep. I wrote in down, and then they're going to have the other. babies. I I wrote down the greatest. And they're going to burrow in your couch. Praying okay. mantis babies. I wrote. I wrote. I wrote down the greatest phrase though. Um, so I'm sorry, we're not going to have a hundred praying and she insists that I say manti. We're not going to, this is the guy at everybody's garden center said that you take these at home, you put them in like the, uh, cause I guess you can buy that, like you can buy a bag of ladybugs. That's the, that's the way they used to do it, right? See, you know, you ladybugs can, are one thing. Praying mantises you, are another. Manti, Sarah, you buy a big bushel of ladybugs and you sprinkle them over your garden. And here's the thing. I have no doubt that it's a natural solution, but it, I think. Probably most people who buy the praying mantises and oh, anti- making me itch. Well, I think most people have a, they have a large garden, whereas I mean you know where I live. It's 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 a, it's a, it's a smallish sort of plot of land, and so it's like a hundred. Supposed to have a hundred anything on your yard. It's like basically within about five square feet. Uh, so there's not going to be a hundred. I misspoke. It's going to be one hundred to two hundred. And Laura said the greatest thing. I wrote this down. She said, "Quote." And they learn tricks. You can teach them to eat meat. So there you go. Going to end up one of my own news stories. At the news desk, it's uh, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
I can't stop thinking about praying mantis tricks. And you know you're made of meat, <laughs> what right, Greg? Right? I'm going to start at praying mantis circus. You're I'm going to teach him to pray simultaneously. You're a giant meaty treat for them. <laughs> Well, good morning, everybody. It is 544. It's going to be hot today and even hotter tomorrow. Highs at least 90 degrees today, 95 tomorrow. No reports of damage after a small earthquake hit the Puget Sound just moments ago. King 5 News says seismologists at the University of Washington measured the quake at a magnitude 3. Well, that's not I don't even know what that means. Magnitude three, not very much. Don't you think they should replace that with some sort of a scale for us common folk where they'd like uh, magnitude three is like windows shake? Yes. And then, like, you know, magnitude 10 is like, you're all dead. Uh, because three doesn't mean anything. Like, when they report that to people, unless you live, unless you live, like, above the San Andreas Fault, you have no idea what the, the three means. That I mean, makes sense to me. I just want to know. Sure, it might as well just be a color. That's <laughs> the thing. It's, you know, exactly. Yeah, magnitude, you know, Q. Because, I mean, I'm, cause I'm going to, I will be near the Puget Sound this weekend. I just like to know if I'm going to die uh, when I go there. No. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Portland leads the nation in reporting the biggest jobless rate jump. The U.S. Labor Department released numbers this week for 372 metropolitan areas, showing May's 11.6% unemployment rate climbed 6.7% from the year before. Now, that puts us ahead of Detroit, which is now number two. Oh, that's no good. Really? We're number one? Yes. Oh. Oh, oh. For the jump over the past year. Okay, so this is not in terms of in actual hard numbers of employment. No. This is in percentage growth. Right, over the past year. All right, okay. So I say as though that makes everything better. Well, they're fine then. That's that's wonderful. Jesus. So uh, Al Sharpton is uh, flapping his jaws on the Today Show about uh, Michael Jackson. The family themselves have only said they want to make sure that his legacy is restored and, and built, as well as that he's buried with dignity. They've not given any specifics to any of us on the outside. Clear your throat, please. Uh -huh. You know, I've got what purports to be his cell phone number. And you mm. haven't done anything with it? No. I figure you got to wait till the, uh, the right can, moment. You that. can put on a lady's voice and say you want to bump and grind with him <laughs> at the Apollo. Reverend Sharpton? Um, yeah, yes, I, I figure that that's a thing. That, the South uh, Carolina governor is busy right now. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a break glass in case of emergency uh, thing. I'm waiting for just the right moment to use that. So where would you like to go with this Michael Jackson story? We have the Us Magazine big story today. That says, the dermatologist is the father of Michael Jackson's children. So apparently, it was one-stop shopping at this dermatologist's office. He found both the father and the mother for the children, according to this. Uh, though Michael Jackson was wed to Prince Anne Paris's mother, Debbie Rowe, the biological father is Armin Klein, Jackson's L.A.-based dermatologist and Rowe's former boss. So that's, uh, he is the dad. Wait a minute, Rowe, so was she his nurse? Yes. Okay, this is so creepy. I mean, look, well, I, he had them both in the, in the same room, so why not ask both? Oh man, did you that see? Works. Did you? I mean, well, you're here. You only um, have to use his deductible once. <laughs> it's like a twenty dollar copay. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, look, I need you to take my sperm, and uh, although it wouldn't even be his, it's it's the dermatologist. Is this like how uh, what's his name Ed Wood had his chiropractor replace Bella Lugosi? It's just uh, while you're here. Wait, it's uncanny. So, Jackson's dermatologist. Provided the male half of this, and then his Jackson's nurse, who worked for the dermatologist, provided the female half, and then they had a baby and, uh, too, and gave it gave them to Michael Jackson. Yes, for free. All right. Well, so uh, did they have the sex? I don't know then? if that's maybe maybe they were a couple. 
Oh, that's a good question. Well, probably that not, That angle hasn't been uh, established as of yet. Well, I can't have, Well, look, you're a doctor. Where, where would this... This would have been in, in, you know, in the Santa Barbara, Los Angeles area, right? I mean, yeah. his, the doctor... No, I mean, look, look a, a doctor of any kind, especially in Los Angeles, could do a lot better than Debbie Rowe. Debbie Rowe is a woman you employ for her skills. That's uh, I a... I, I can't figure out how someone who looks like her got a job in Los Angeles. Well, and... Look... If you're Michael Jackson, who does seem to be... I mean, she looks more like someone who might work at a dermatology clinic in Vancouver. <laughs> or in a stable. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Greetings to our Vancouver listeners, and good morning Vancouver to you. Vancouver dermatologist. Um, the, uh, no, I'm talking of the quality of her being. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, look, the Michael Jackson is, um, to put it charitably, is somewhat image conscious. Debbie Rowe doesn't really seem like the kind of woman you would have be the mother of your Multiple children babies. if you were really concerned about appearance. Your beauty is amazing. The perfect mother was not available. Like Angelina Jolie probably wouldn't even consider such an offer. But I mean, uh, I guess maybe is that true? I wonder if you I wonder how that works. I wonder if hot women can charge more uh, to I, have hot babies. Hot women always charge more. <laughs> Says the voice of experience. <laughs> Mark Sanford had this to say, but well, that must, I mean, I never really thought about that, but that must be the case that if you're some, if you're like a 10 uh, of whatever gender, you could probably charge more to be offering up your genetic material uh, than if you're just some, uh, you know, if you're just some barn of a woman. Uh, you would. I, I would what? If you were a 10 as a woman, you would charge more. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? if you were a 5. Oh, no. This, yeah. I mean, without question. There's no debate there. If I was a 10 as a woman, do you think I'd be here? Do you think I'd be in this job? F that. You know, Rick would just be swinging around a pole somewhere. Seriously. I Yeah. I mean, you... Yeah. No, no, no. That's... Uh, as as uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says in uh, Trading Places, just give me uh, uh, three years on my back and then it's all in T-bills. So, you know what I'm saying. No one knows what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We can talk about your aunt's farm again if you want. Let's not do that. An attorney for Michael Jackson's ex-wife, Debbie Rowe, has confirmed in a statement that Rowe is the biological mother of the pop icon's two oldest children. Pop icon? Oh, I'm sorry. Pop 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 icon. Pop icon. (laughs) Death plans. (laughs) You know, we have almost three more hours. He's been swindled by the pop icon. (laughs) Rose's attorney stressed in a statement that Rose refused to get pulled into various rumors, claiming she was only a surrogate mother to the kids. From a legal standpoint, Jackson family attorney Diane Goodman tells Larry King that the children are without a doubt those of the pop singer Anne Debbie Rowe. Under the law, the only parents of the two oldest children are Michael and Debbie Rowe. And those are the only two parents. Whatever other roles people may or may not have played, I'm unaware of. But it doesn't matter. So that sounds very much like a lawyer admitting uh, that none of the none of the whatever came from Michael and maybe not from Debbie True. Rowe. Are they having a cattle call for Jackson family lawyers? There seem to be new ones sprouting I, every five minutes. I saw that Brian Oxnard guy or whatever his name is in the news yesterday again being identified as the Jackson family lawyer. Not past tense. I mean, President, he's the Jackson family lawyer. He has this to say. Um, but, you know, the, but that's the only time I've, I've heard him talk since last Thursday. But again, yesterday, they were just like without qualification. They said that he was the uh, the, the, the lawyer for the family. But they're wasting time on these people. And they're not even mentioning Farrah Fawcett's funeral. That's was that no one camera was there. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, is that? And that was yesterday, right? That was yesterday. Oh, God. I was at the pool yesterday. 
and I was reading an Us magazine, and in that magazine, it had an article about Farrah Fawcett getting ready to say her um, vows. Yes. Finally, with Ryan, as soon as she's able, you know, talk and walk. Oh no! And then the last page was the fashion victim of the week, and it was Michael Jackson. <laughs> Is that true? It was all. Like about like you know seventeen people all making fun of Michael Jackson and his various. Oh, outfits. that's creepy. It was totally creepy. So first was the Farrah Fawcett thing. And Did you save like, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah first should... like the Farrah's set to wed, and then Michael well, Jackson the, fashion faux pas. The thing that idiot uh, Perez Hilton uh, did with he, that, that. I don't did. read his column anymore. Oh man, I only do when. Uh, here's the thing. I I, yeah. I I don't read it every day, but I if there's something. Here's when I'll read Perez Hilton is if is if I'm reading some other blog or some other news source or whatever. Referencing how he was like punched and in the, face. Yeah, in other words, if if he does something so weird that somebody else mentions it and they they link directly to that piece, so I don't have to wade through all of his crap. I just said, but when Jackson first went to the hospital on Thursday with the chest pains, Perez Hilton like he's faking or whatever. It, he I mean the, he 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 had this picture of Jackson and he said the caption said essentially. That he Perez Hilton believed that Jackson was faking his chest pains, oh. and he took Perez it down immediately. But some everybody had already captured that and printed it all over the uh, all over the net. Yeah, that no, guy's evil. No, he's but you know the good news is you're not going to worry about him very much longer. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think uh, Perez won't be. Uh, I don't think he'll be on the celebrity scene to annoy us uh, after after a uh, after a short while. Who's going to drive to Washington State this Fourth of July weekend? That'd be me. All right. Be prepared for the westbound lanes of the I ninety floating bridge. <laughs> it's going to close for two weeks. Starting Sunday, they're expanding its joints. That from the uh, the AAA people. The travel industry has responded by rolling out a red carpet of deals and discounts, some of the best bargains that travelers have been able to um, access in many, many years. Okay, that guy's really, he is the shiny guy. That, that guy, guy is, shiny. is He is voice number three. And what do you mean they're rolling out a red carpet? They're closing the bridge. Well, other than that, a red carpet, a red carpet. Maybe the red carpet's on the bridge. A red carpet of pain and delay. Now is a fabulous time to travel. Now is a tremendous time to uh, take a trip. Uh, it may even be that the dream what vacation you've thought of taking for for years is finally affordable, and uh, it may never be as affordable again. But you'll never be able to leave because all the bridges are closed. Oh, seriously, but uh, that, but once I'm there, I, I just have to buy a house and stay. I was sealed into my house yesterday. Jesus. By the painters. They covered everything with plastic, and I could not leave. You're like it, D. It, D. Wallace and E.T. Well, my homeowners association requires houses to be repainted every five years, and now's the time. Time is up. You Whether to, it needs it or not. You have to pay for that? Yes. Wow. But luckily, I have very little to paint because only the third story is wood. The rest of it's brick. Of course, the dog was freaking out when he looked out the window and saw someone in the cherry picker <laughs> chipping away. And I had two messes to clean up. This is, uh, straight ahead, we will have the uh, 6 o'clock hour featuring more news from Tim Riley. Mystery guest coming up at 640. Jim Roop at 720. Uh, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian at 8 o'clock. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We're live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Wednesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Corner of Southeast 14th and Clinton, everybody's garden center. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Coming up at 640, we have mystery guest. Sarah was just holding up the folded piece of paper containing the mystery guest information and uh, sort of, uh, I was going to say gleaming. That's not the right word. What is it? Beaming? Blaring? I am, yes. A I, word I have like it that. right here. Giggling? 
You were doing something that starts with a G, holding up the mystery guest information. So you feel good about it? I do. Right. I do. It's a, it's a strange, it's a strange guest. Let me ask you this: on a scale of one to ten, uh, how anxious does it make you? How nervous are you for to hear the mystery guest interview actually take place? Well, Greg and I pre-talked to this person, and uh, they sound pretty crazy. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Crazier than last week? Who's to say, Rick? All right. Well, Who's I guess to say? It's, there are all kinds of crazy in this It is world. relative. All right. Crazier than a praying mantis. If you, uh, if nothing's crazier than that, if you'd like to hear last uh, week's mystery guest, don't forget, uh, the podcast is always uh, archived at, uh, at KUFO.com. All right. Uh, at the news desk, let's pay a visit with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. 606. Good morning, everyone. It's going to be sunny in the low 90s today. Mid 90s tomorrow. Going to be hot all holiday weekend. A former Portland firefighter gets 20 years in the slammer for beating and strangling his 90 year old mother to death. This happened last year at a Hazel Dell home. She had taken out a restraining order on him. He didn't care for that. Cops arrived on that day to find him lying drunk next to her lifeless body. He'd just been let out of the slammer after doing six months for DUI. More people to hate. The Nebraska man who abandoned his nine kids under that state's safe haven law is about to become a dad again. <laughs> Gary Staten's girlfriend is expecting twins less than a year after he made national news by dropping off his kids at an Omaha hospital. The 37-year-old Staten became a single father in February 2007 when his wife died shortly after giving birth to the couple's ninth child. A relative says Staten's seven youngest children are staying with the mother's aunt, who plans to adopt them. The two oldest boys are living with a 75-year-old woman in Omaha so they can graduate from high school. Staten still visits the kids and keeps a connection with them, and the kids seem to understand why he took the actions they, he did. Do they reminisce about the old times? Hey, remember that time I dropped you off at the hospital and sped away in the car? Yes. <laughs> oh, memories. Well, now he's trying it again, hoping to get it better this time. Jesus, God. And, and so the, the so the wife had the ninth kid and then died, and so he then drops all nine kids off at the hospital and flees, but not before he makes plans to impregnate somebody else and give them twins. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we had wow. to find a new housewife. You know, the deal is, like, I think because they got rid of that law, I think they've closed the loophole in that law now where if you're going to drop one of those kids off at the Nebraska hospital, I think the kid's got to be under the age of four or something. It's like you can't... Because it's hard to cram a teenager in a basket. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, without the aid of chloroform. So you, but I think you could drop off kids up to the age of eighteen or something. But then they realized that just half the people who had kids were like, "Screw these kids! I'm completely leaving them at the hospital." And I think you ought to be allowed to do that in exchange. For, the, the deal is, I think if you're going to drop off a kid, you should be able to do it with a kid of any age. But in return, you must be sterilized. Uh, like the state is just going to, uh, they're going to take out uh, insurance against the uh, the possibility of you contributing uh, more kids to the, uh, in this case, to the Nebraska gene pool in the future. What's new at Michael Jackson's house? Apparently, they found a surgical anesthesia in that house, and it may very well be the drug that killed him. Insiders say it's the drug propofol. It was discovered at the residence. It's used to keep people under anesthesia before surgery. It is an extremely powerful drug, only available to qualified medical personnel. The drug can be administered only with an IV. Interesting, it burns, and the drug lidocaine is used to reduce the pain associated with this injection. And uh, lidocaine was also found near Jackson's body. So this is the this is like that. Uh, what is that drug we were talking about last year that we heard was the most powerful narcotic on the planet? Do you remember we were having that discussion about something or other? And it was like a drug that like you put on your arm with a patch, and it was for like was cancer. It some kind of 
horse tranquilizer or something? No, although apparently this thing is. This uh, th- th- this uh, drug that they are now thinking, maybe the thing that killed Michael Jackson, that is actually an animal tranquilizer because I was looking it up on Wikipedia because I never heard of it. Um, it's called like Priptivia or something, and then the other name is you know, Prof- Profofol or whatever. But I looked it up online, and they said it, it, it is uh, you can only administer it with an IV because it's too strong to put into a pill. They do sometimes use it to, yes, sedate horses mm. uh, and Michael Jackson. But there was that drug we talked about last year that they use for cancer patients that goes on with a patch. And they were talking about how occasionally uh, kids would, like, tear up the patch and, like, put it into their coffee or something. And then it would, you know, or... It, I do remember that story. We had this I don't whole discussion. what it was, though. Oh, and, and then I went to... This is awkward. I went to lunch with Storm, and Storm knew all about it. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly. And Storm was like, oh, yeah, I totally know about that drug. I mean, I'm sure in the past. Uh, it, and I forget exactly what it was called, but they, it, but it was fascinating to me because they termed it the world's most powerful narcotic. And then we were talking about whether or not we'd take it. I, and I said that I would totally take it. And then somebody and then, said that it causes projectile vomiting and also uncontrollable diarrhea plus your eyeballs fall out or something. That it just it does something awful to you if you take even a little bit too much. Because there was a guy who called up and said that his wife, who had some ongoing chronic pain that was just of some unmanageable level, had been given this drug in the patch form. She had put it on, and then she'd done apparently something you're not supposed to do. She took a bath. She took a hot bath, which apparently does something to the temperature of your skin, and then the drug just soaks into your skin, and you can overdose on it. And he went, and she was unconscious, and he had, she had, to, he had to take her to the hospital, whatever. Um, but yeah, but we, we talked about totally taking that drug. And what, is, what the hell was it called? I, I have to remember. look it up now. But so this though is not on that level. But apparently it's um, apparently it is like the thing that they give you to put you under when you have surgery. And Jackson wanted it as a sedative. Did you read the interview with the nurse that he asked about this drug? We're going to talk to her right now. Cheryl Lee is her name, I think. It's, it sounds like a Hollywood name or a nursing name. Cheryl Lynn Lee. Yeah, or, or she ought to be making like snack foods uh, somewhere in Delaware. Well, she claims that Jackson uh, repeatedly asked her to give him the drug, diprivin to treat his insomnia. I said, look, this is a very serious drug. At first I was wondering, did he understand what he was telling me? And he said, yes, I know exactly what it is. I've had it before. And I said, this is not a safe medication. He said, no, my doctor assured me that it's safe. Please, please give me the drug, he said. He was so desperate that he would just cry out for something. And this was like in, in April when he started doing this, and he said, I really <clears throat> just need something that's going to help me to sleep. So did you, uh, do you, do you have the, uh, the, 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 the part of the interview, I don't know if we have any audio of this, where she's talking about the night that she stayed in his bedroom, just sort of sitting there, like, because he was having trouble sleeping through the night? Let's see what I, I have. Uh, she got a disturbing call on Father's Day from Jackson staffers that led her to suspect the pop icon may have gotten his hands on the medication he requested. And I could hear Michael in the background, uh, Mr. Jackson, and he was saying, one side of my body is real cold Mm -hmm. and one side of my body is real hot. And I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. He's sort of a a musical McDLT. So that's what I have on that. A McDLT, hot side hot, cool side cool. You sons of bitches, that's humor right there. That's comedy. We missed it entirely. Whatever. All right. Uh, straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. Uh, mystery guest coming up at six forty. But there's the most uh, there's the most disturbing detail in that same interview uh, that she did not utter. But I know what it is, and we'll reveal it next. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. Stay the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred and One KUFO.
Jefferson. Maybe he is hot. I don't know. Maybe it's all this vampire sex that's getting to my head. I don't know. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. We go to the same flat pantry at different times of day. Wait, yeah, so, so I went yesterday afternoon. So you night like around three thirty or four? Yeah, around four. Okay, see, so because I go in the morning around three thirty. Oh, maybe you're you're talking about the night shift guy. Cause I think this guy might be different. Because a lot of them are blonde. I don't think this one has a black eye though. This is yeah. No, the guy I'm talking about had a he had a he had a black eye and it was like his. So a black uh, eye, not a lazy eye, because there's one with a lazy eye. <laughs> yes. So. Talk about the various uh, the maimings of various plaid pantry employees that apparently happen in their off hours. Not that it's not a great place and they're not great people. They they are. It's where I spend mo- the majority of my convenience store dollars. No, no, no. It, no the guy that sometimes, and if, if you're listening, hello. Uh, the guy who sometimes helps me, and he and he really does, uh, he really is quite efficient and courteous, much more so than I would be probably if I had to deal with the endless parade of lunatics that comes into a plaid pantry at like 4 a.m. Um, but he is kind of tallish, short blonde hair, and then a at least the day before yesterday, a big black and purple eye, uh, his right eye. Okay, no, because I went yesterday afternoon and it was a blonde guy, but he was. And you said he shorter. had a lazy eye. No, this no lazy eye guy wasn't working yesterday. This guy is shorter, oh. but has like a blonde kind of mohawk well, well, kind of thing. Here's the thing, and it's like that Ed Norton Fight Club deal. Like, did you ever see somebody who has a black eye, and he doesn't seem like the kind of person who should have a black eye, and you don't want to ask where it came from. Well, why would you ask anyway? That's rude. Well, because you because you wonder. I'm not, I'm not saying like you wouldn't ask, but I'm saying like. Well, look, like if you came in with a black eye, I would be like, what, what, hey, your eyes all blackened. What is up with that? Didn't you come in with a black eye one time? No. Are you sure about that? Are you making this up? And it oh, was, I fell off my bike once and it was scraped, some, I scraped my cheek. And it was something literally that sounded like a, uh, an excuse for really spending time with Chris Brown. Yeah. It was literally something like you had actually fallen off your bike and you're like, I fell off my bike. And I'm like, really? No, yeah, I fell off my bike, bike and scraped my cheek up here. Like you walked into the, you fell into the sidewalk. It was a pretty bitchin' war wound though. Like it was right in the, in the good spot that it was uh-huh. kind of like a. Like maybe the bike told you to mind your own business and you kept talking. <laughs> maybe. No. Maybe you didn't know how to do what the bike told you to do when you were told to do it. I'm sorry. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 626. Sunny in the low 90s today. Mid-90s tomorrow, the day after that, and the day after that. A live cougar is spotted in the Salem Cemetery. They're all over the place in Oregon, but this one's a little bit too close to home. A woman saw a cougar in the Bellcrest Memorial Park Cemetery... And now Fish and Wildlife officials are posting signs in nearby wooded trails to warn people that there's a cougar around here. A dog was bitten over the weekend. They think the cougar did it. Some of the tips to uh, keep cougars away include don't leave small children around. <laughs> are you kidding me? That's one of the warnings. Oh, that's so creepy. Does that mean... Wait, hold on. Does that mean if I... There's like old drunk ladies. <laughs> Does that mean that if I leave children around, it will attract cougars? They'll be smacking their chops, hiding around the corner. We should try it. We should just go. Uh, we should just go pen up some uh, uh, some kids at the end of a tether outside, like that goat in Jurassic Park. Just see what happens. You know what I mean? Then we'll look out, and then the rope is just waving in the breeze. Uh, Discourage them from hanging around your property. Chase them away by shouting, making loud noises, or throwing rocks. Maybe or, I or children. This Aren't is. Are you picturing a bunch of like high heeled tramps running <laughs> yeah. into the woods? Like... 
I'm also washing martinis with bad dye jobs. That's exactly what we're saying. <laughs> they're trying to okay. snatch well, come your... back at happy hour. <laughs> they're trying to snatch your babies and you're throwing rocks at them. Come on, Laverne, them. let's go get some fries. <laughs> I'm back on the business of throwing rocks at, at, at large animals with fangs in my backyard. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, is the case, maybe. Uh, sir, Sean, I, uh, I, know, I know the guy you're talking about. He took a spill ride in his bike. All right, now let's and before we go forward, let's let's not uh, let's not specify which plaid pantry this is, but it's the, you know the one I'm talking. It's the same one that Sarah and I go through as well. Allegations. Yeah, so I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. So the did guy he fall off his bike like I fall off. My yeah, bike? I mean that's yeah. Did he fall off his bike you know, into somebody bigger than him? No, no. He he um he's gonna try to get into like competitive bike racing and stuff, and I guess he had a pretty big pothole and it uh, sent him. Uh, End over end. Okay, see, that actually makes more sense because he doesn't look like the kind of guy see, who would be getting into a fight. And I was riding my bike no, really fast, no. and that's when I fell off, too. He's actually uh, an art student and stuff. Uh, he's a pretty cool cat. Kind of getting into surfing and uh, all the dangerous sports for your body. All right, see, well, and here's the thing. I know that this is like a 1% topic, if that, but that everybody has had that where you see somebody who has an injury and you're like, oh, where did that well, come from? Well, everybody has their convenience store people that they know. See, that's true, too. And Tim, do you, well, Tim doesn't go to you. You're not a convenience no. store patron to, to a large degree. I don't degree think there is one near my house. Sorry. I go to you the Walgreens. Is inconvenience that inconvenience stores. Well, that's like a convenience store, but not quite as much. That's a sort well, of his, his housing association probably wouldn't let one have one anywhere near the place. That's true. You. Uh, that's right. Uh, they probably wouldn't They wouldn't allow uh, any sort of like a... Uh, Tim just shakes his head. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, my friend. All okay. Right, so go. we've got a, we've got a break, and I've got to um, tell people the mystery. Guesses. Oh, do we have a mystery? Oh, the, oh wow. Yeah. What time? Yeah, so it's almost that time. 6.30. We got to get to break. I got all this Jackson news. I haven't even told you this creepy detail about, the, about his... Uh, Sleeping arrangement. Okay, okay, well, we maybe won't. I shouldn't have wasted time with the cougar story. No, 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 Tim. That was uh, that was gold. As well. in fact, we should do that again later on. Yeah, right. I want to hear the tips about file. not leaving babies tied up outside because uh, because what's her name, Lucille from Arrested Development, will stagger out of the woods and make off with your baby. All right. Straight ahead, uh, Sarah will reveal the identity of the mystery guest, and uh, we will uh, engage in the, in that segment. Oh, of talk to the thriller girl, too. All right. Straight ahead. Allegedly the... having sex with Michael Jackson. <sighs> All right. We are live from uh, beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday morning. Mystery guest coming up at 640. Jim Rupert, 720. Peter Carlin at 8. Stay right there. Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Rock 101 KUFO. All right. Okay. You have to take off your headphones real quick. Okay. So what is happening? Uh, what is happening right I'm going to tell people who the mystery guest is right now. Okay. So this is the mystery guest. Is this the transition thing you're playing? Yes. We should stop that. We okay. should just turn that off here. I want to make. Okay. So the mystery guest is coming up here at 6:40. Yeah. So I will step out of the room, and then you and Tim uh, will reveal to the audience the identity of the mystery guest, uh, with whom I will have to conduct a plausible three-minute interview, uh, despite not knowing who they are until the moment they come onto the phone. Yes. All right. All right. I'm stepping out of the studio right now. Okay. Right, I'm starting the song. Walking out of the hallway. Okay. All right, Tim, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Rick is going to be interviewing Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Biscuit. Incredible. Lead singer of Limp Biscuit. Okay. And he has no idea. All right. But I was unable to hear uh, anything about that. Okay, so we're going to listen to a little Foo Fighters. All right, and so, then we'll be right back. All right, so everybody that knows the identity mystery guest, yes. 640, I will conduct an interview flawlessly, I might add, with my usual genius with uh, uh, this person. All right, that is straight ahead. This is the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Rock 101 KUFO. 
The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up uh, in just a few minutes, we have today's mystery guest. The identity of the mystery guest now known to you uh, and to everybody but me, uh, your humble narrator. So uh, coming up in a few minutes, we'll do that. I have to, uh, and we have the bell, the bell in the uh, in the yes, studio. There we go. Oh, I think All I hear right. it. So that'll mark off the minutes as I do the uh, as I do the interview. I got to do uh, uh, three minutes worth of interview. I think at a certain point we had to start wagering on the mystery guest and whether or not it's a, it's a success. I mean, I guess it's sort of an arbitrary distinction, but I okay. Yeah, I, I think after today we should see. We should see. I I feel I think like last week's was a success. I think any objective assessment would have to be that I have uh, I have brought it, as the young people say, uh, every time. So I'm just saying. All right, that's coming up in a few. Seven uh, twenty. We'll talk to CNN radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles. As Santa Barbara prepares to feel uh, the wrath of all of the Jackson fans who are going to flood in from every corner of the uh, the globe to bring their special brand of nuttiness uh, to that uh, to that town, and you noted that that so is it the Ventura uh, uh, freeway, highway, which freeway? is Highway 101, and so the only place that there's like a full stop, like a stoplight, is in Santa Barbara. At least there has been. I don't know if it's still there, but you do go through the center of Santa Barbara. God, I can't even imagine. I mean, and, and of course, Neverland is north of there, but you must go through there. Now, but what, so what is the deal, though? Now, I do, does Jackson's state still own Neverland or not? Half of it. So because they sold off half. What half is his body going to be on? Uh, the, the, the lower half. Well, uh, the question is, why is that cement truck there? I, see, that's the uh, see. I, just preemptively, just exhausts me. Even even to think about this, I start getting tired. All right, I got to pull up. Hold on. So. Yeah, so if you saw that, that is a big mystery. Why yesterday, is the truck there? on TMZ, right? Yeah, the, the thirty-two thousand pounds of cement was taken into. Um, was it into Neverland or the place that he was that he died? No, we're, to Neverland because he was just renting that. All right, so there they was no. I, I don't think the people of Bel Air go <laughs> to want millions of pounds of cement. Dumped anywhere. <laughs> That's probably true. You're not, Tim. You're saying that if I rent uh, a a residence, I may not just bring in thousands of pounds of cement and put it wherever I choose. Yeah, I, I would be there over there in about five minutes <laughs> with a gun. Uh-huh. You'll need to leave. Uh, so at at Neverland, there was a shot on TMZ yesterday of a cement truck bringing in thirty two thousand. You know, the big cement truck with the big cylinder in the back that rotates mm-hmm. thirty two thousand pounds of cement. What? No one knows why. And so the question is, what are they covering up with cement that they don't want anybody to see? That's immediately what I went to. Uh, because there's a discussion of where they're going to bury him here. But the guys who own the rest of Neverland said, like, F that. They, they, we're not going to let Michael Jackson be because they don't want it to be like the Elvis thing, where it's just a parade of lunatics coming in there all the time to sit there and, like, k- kiss the, you know, the, the Michael Jackson Blarney Stone or, or whatever it is. Uh, so why is the cement truck there? Um did they ever actually interview this the doctor uh, guy? And then this creepy uh, detail that this uh, Sherilyn Lee or whatever, the, the woman who says that Jackson contacted her by getting this anesthetic or uh, yes. whatever it is, the, the sedative prescribed to him. So he had contacted her because he said he was having trouble sleeping. And his his deal was, he said, that he, he, I guess he told her, he says, and she's not like a quack. I mean, she's like an actual, she's got a degree. And I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak to her, whatever credibility is, is uh, you know. However true the story is, but she's an actual, she's a nurse, she has medical training. And so Jackson contacted her and said, well, I sleep for about three hours, and then I just wake up, and, I'm, and I can't get back to sleep, and so I need this powerful sedative. And she says, no, that's for, like, sedating, you know, elephants. Uh, you, you can't have that. 
Um, and he said, well, I just can't get any sleep. And she said, well, how about I come to your house and I'll figure out like, you know, some, I'll figure out, you know, your diet and I'll, uh, you know, sort of like a whole, a whole life plan. I'll figure out like some vitamins for you and supplements and whatever. And she said, then I'll monitor your sleep for a couple nights and we'll see how it works. So she told the story where she's sitting, she's in Michael Jackson's bedroom. He's asleep and she's sitting like in a chair in the corner because she's going to monitor his sleep for a whole night. And she said that. He had this classical music playing that was on the sound system throughout the whole house. And then he had a big, like a massive laptop computer sitting on the bed where he had this endless loop of Donald Duck cartoons playing. And she said, you know, maybe you should uh, turn off that creepy loop of, of Donald Duck cartoons if you want to go to bed. And this is like last year, you know. And he goes, no, no, no. This is how I go to sleep every night. So that's just wow. a, that's an unnerving detail. So I, which lends credence to the whole, I mean, I'll open up a whole a whole discussion about whatever, but I, it, you know, he was acquitted on all of the, the you know, the, the bad touch charges. And, and I mean, really, just speaking for myself and to this day, I just have no, I mean, I, I have no idea whether, whether I feel like he did any of that or not. It just seems like it's such a crapshoot, you know, it's like 50-50, whether I feel like he was guilty of any of that, because he, because you just don't know, he's just such a blank, but on the other hand, he just does seem like such an overgrown nine-year-old. Uh, most of the time, and so that just—he doesn't lends... seem sexual in any way. That's the thing. Although apparently he was, I don't know, dressing up as a woman named June and having his uh, having—that's true. I guess having dirty construction worker sex, having having his way with some yeah some uh, some uh, grubby guy from a high rise construction project in Vegas in a rat infested motel room. All right, uh, let's uh, pay a visit to the news desk with your personal uh, savior, Tim Riley. After which we will have today's mystery. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Here at morning, everyone, 646. It's going to be in the 90s today, lower 90s, in the mid-90s, the next three days. Police say a Milwaukee man used pepper spray on several cops as they responded to a report of harassment. They were called out to the 4200 block of Southeast Mason Lane because a man was harassing the neighbor. When they arrived, they found Jeffrey Ridbra threatening and injuring threatening to injure them, and he was uncooperative. They tried to take him into custody when he discharged a can of pepper spray affecting six officers. So they tasered him, and they took him away finally. Excellent. Well, it's good to see some companies doing well. Apparently, the general public can't get enough of Cheerios. General Mills posts a fourth quarter profit that doubled over the last one. So uh, they are doing well, and people continue to eat cereal, probably because they're at home doing nothing. There was... (laughs) Well, I'm unemployed and hungover. What shall I do? I know. So there was that story uh, about six months ago where they said that, remember when the, I was going to say when the stock market was down. Tempe, remember those days back, way back when, when the stock market was down? When I contemplated my retirement? <laughs> yes. I do remember those days. Not like now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to work forever. Yeah. <laughs> it is, boy, that's another thing that nobody's really talked about. I wonder if there's just a bunch of retired people that are kind of looking around, well, uh, I guess it's back to the mill for me. Oh yeah, I know of several. They thought they clocked out for the last time. No, those days are those days are gone. It is the American way to work and to keep working and to work further still. But there was that discussion about the stock market plummeting and that the only stock that was doing well was Campbell's Soup because they said it was like some weird comfort food thing or whatever. It would be interesting to see what other sort of ancillary products are doing well right now, and not just because people are spending less money, but things that people sort of gravitate to in times of stress, like apparently Cheerios. So I'm not a big fan. I have to say, the thing about Cheerios, I, maybe I'm alone on this. I find Cheerios really uh, unpleasant. Well, they're bland. There's, well, they're bland, and there's just a... Oh, I love Cheerios. Uh, really? It's like eating pencils or something uh, to me. There's just uh, Cheerios have... 
mean, you need to put milk on your pencils. That's what she said, Tim, and then yeah, I what? agreed with it. No, I'm doing it wrong. What was it Mike Chase and I were trying to do? We were trying to do that whole thing of, we were coming up with, like, intellectual uh, rephrasings of the, that's what she said. It was a sort of, she made a statement that was not dissimilar uh, to my own, or something like that. Anyway, the, uh, but, anyway, so Campbell's Super is like one stock that had gone through the roof, and which leads me to believe that there ought to be some sort of comfort food uh, mutual fund. Uh, you know, because there's the one that's just like Vice, where you can you just buy stock and handguns and whiskey. There ought to be one that is just, uh, you know, it's just like Kleenex and, uh, you know, for wiping away your many tears. And then apparently endless boxes of breakfast cereal. And here's my final note about breakfast cereal. Breakfast cereal, almost alone among foods, is something that you never eat the right amount of. The only time you will eat the the correct amount of breakfast cereal is actually if you are having it at breakfast. If you eat breakfast cereal any other time of day, uh, you will overindulge by a factor of like five. That's a thing that you can never you can never uh, eat in moderation. Okay, just my own my own little observation. All right, look at the name. All right, are we going to the mystery guest? Yes, right. Yes, yes. All right, so right. I have to conduct a plausible three minute interview with this person mm-hmm. whose identity is unknown to me. I have opened this up. Really. <laughs> Fred Durst? All right. Okay. That's fine. I can bring it. That's what I do. And here's what he's pitching. All right. And oh, do I now do I need to know that for the interview? Yes, I'll give it to you in a couple minutes. Oh, but I mean, do I need to know it at the... Okay. So in other words, he's not expecting me to, to mention a website or something right at the beginning. No, no. There's no website. All right. Okay. Fred Durst? Really? Wow. Okay. And so anyway, uh, she made a statement uh, that was stunningly similar uh, to the statement that had come before. These statements uh, had much to do with each other. And this is all true. And we're just uh, dragging this out <laughs> endlessly ah! while I stare at the, I stare at the screen. Do you want me to do a quick story or something? Waiting for the light to turn from solid to blinking, indicating that Fred Durst. Fred Durst, really? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing where you just you just call it like one four one one or something in Los Angeles? Durst, comma Fred, please. <laughs> all right. I tried for Andy Dickrick again, but is this know, the way it goes on up. Oprah? I suppose this is Oprah just sits out there and talks to Gail while they wait for uh, the mystery. Apparently, is whether or not he'll actually uh, be able to see that. I am now. I'm getting all this extra prep time in my okay. head. Oop, sir. There we go. All right, and anyway, so then the busload full of penguins. Uh, went to the hotel with the nuns, and uh, <laughs> and that was the end of that. So, I mean, you can see why the discomfort happened. All right. Yes. It is the Rick Emerson Show. You're listening to Rock 101 KUFO. Without further ado, ladies and uh, gentle persons, uh, a man who needs uh, no introduction, uh, let's welcome now uh, Fred Durst uh, to the Rick Emerson Show. Fred Durst, how are you on this fine Wednesday? Uh, it's a very fine Thursday for me in uh, Budapest. In Budapest? Yes. Is this, that is not the way that I expected this conversation to go. It took a left turn almost immediately. Uh, please to explain, give a little bit of a, a background on your uh, on your, your presence in Budapest at this moment. Uh, well, right now we're um, touring. We're doing our comeback, the beginning of our comeback tour in Europe and playing some uh, headlining and shows and uh, festivals, the summer festivals over here in the European circuit. And then we're coming back to the United States with the original lineup, and we're going to play a show uh, a few days after USC. We're going to do a free show in the U.S., and, and it's going to 
give us time to drop our album and then do our U.S. tour, and uh, that's that's what's happening with Limp Bizkit. I have to say that I, I saw, um, uh, I don't know, a couple years back, the Playboy interview uh, that you did, and, I, and I've always said that Playboy is sort of the definitive interview. That really is the, the gold standard for finding out, you know, what a person's really like, and I think you, uh, in some ways, maybe you would agree with this, you in some ways really benefit from the fact that people have a lot of preconceived notions, and then as soon as, uh, you know, you guys are interviewed, or as soon as they see you talk, you know, it's, it's not what they expect, and you guys, you seem to be pretty firmly grounded for somebody that it had, uh, you know, not the overnight success, but certainly a lot of success that, uh, you know, that did in some ways come come quickly. Do you feel uh, like at this point you guys are still battling any kind of a perception problem, or if people, you know, has that has that cloud sort of cleared a little bit? Um, I, I don't really know. I still feel like we're always be battling that, and that's maybe part of just an aesthetic, a permanent aesthetic and characteristic that we have as, as Limp Bizkit and, and me being a part and the guys in Limp Bizkit. We, uh, you know, we just sort of weren't meant to be on that, that smooth of a path. And we just take the good with the bad, the bad with the good, and keep rolling. But I, I think you tapped into something that we've always been very fond of, is the fact that, you know, there's an unpredictable element of us. You know, there's there's always something new to discover. There's a juxtaposition to be in. And um, as a rock star, you know, I, you know, I just feel... When I have to go into that mode, and I have, to, and and my nutty professor kicks into the, to the other guy, my Tyler Durden comes out. Anything that that goes with being a rock star, you know, there's no holds bars. We there's no filters. There's you know, it's it's there's there's no rules. And and what my angst and my my anger was driven from from being an underdog and and being bullied around a lot in school and how it came out in the music through Limp Bizkit. It's just how I feel when I'm with Limp Bizkit and um, and in my other part of my life when I'm not on stage or making Limp Bizkit music. You know, there's just other layers to me like there are to everybody in the band, and it's just wild how the music can leave such an impression and the and the rock star and, you know, the just outrageous, just go F yourself attitude. Uh, you uh, obviously have got your, uh, you know, you've got a lot of plates that are always spinning, and you're a guy who wants to get a lot done in the uh, years you are allotted on, on planet Earth. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the education of Charlie Banks, which is out on uh, DVD uh, as of uh, Tuesday here in the States. Well, you know, it's uh, my first full-length film, directorial debut, and it was much different. You know, I directed all the Limp Bizkit videos and some stain and puddle of mud and cold and corn, and I thought that all that that time behind the camera would have been a, a lot of uh, practice for making a feature. But in reality, it, it's it's much more work and much more detailed and and just so much more inspiring and invigorating. So the film making process really really helped me to sink my teeth into something very emotional, very cool with these characters. And so this movie, The Education of Charlie Banks, is the outcome of that. And and another thing, it's not anything from what I've heard, what anybody would expect from me, from being in Limp Bizkit. They think that I was going to go make a long-form music video or something, you know, or some intense, crazy, quick-cut MTV thriller-type movie, and this is quite the opposite. So... Yeah, I'm just very excited for people to be exposed to it, and I really think the acting is, is 
is incredible and, and it's it's a touching movie and it's just very interesting to me and uh you know i guess the only thing truly you know in the way of this movie is the fact that i made it so it's <laughs> the uh... one of those things you know the DVD is The Education of Charlie Banks. Uh, it came out uh, yesterday. It was on DVD. It is Fred Durst's uh, directorial debut. And then, uh, yeah, you guys, as you said, are on the, you know, getting ready to kick off your tour. So uh, best of continued uh, success in all things, my friend. Thank you for spending some time with us today. I know it's uh, busy over there in uh, Budapest. So I'll uh, see you out there on the road. Thank you for joining us today, hey, sir. Man. All right, there you go. That's uh, Fred Durst, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, from Limbiscuit and apparently uh, the, uh, uh, filmmaking a tour. Wow, really? That was not uh, who I expected to be on the other end of the phone. I, I swear to God, I know I say this every time, I thought it was going to be Andy Dick. And, and then it wasn't Andy Dick, it was Fred Durst, which was actually even weirder. Wow. All right, well done. All right, uh, okay, we'll have a little recap of the mystery guest when we get back, plus Jim Roop from CNN. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. Well, that's that's not what I expected to happen during that mystery guest segment. Fred Durst, really? That's why it's a mystery. Well, fair enough. Were you surprised? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think I speak for everybody when I say yes. <laughs> uh, that was a total surprise. I mean, really, because here... I have been so excited. It's taken everything in me to not tell you. Well, now I, now I know uh, why you guys were bouncing off the walls the last couple of days about the mystery guest and why you were so bent on telling the audience who it was like 10 or 15 minutes ahead of time. Because... Sarah and I, we, we were like, I don't know, like maybe is six thirty or so, and Sarah's like, we should tell the audience now. I'm like, nah, we'll tell the audience ten the seconds beforehand. Side. They don't need to know now. We could the wait. And she's like, no, 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 we should tell the audience now. And I said, how, how impressive could it really be? The answer is, uh, the answer it was, it was at least astonishing. I'll give you that. All you right, never well, know who you're going to find the radio TV interview report. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, look at this mimeographed guest list that we just found uh, rolled up in the office floor. All right, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, the behind the scenes of apparently because apparently the, the Fred Durst interview that we just did it uh, almost didn't apparently happen. It didn't happen. So we'll find out more about that in a second. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines for you on this Wednesday. A Delta jet lands safely at PD- PDX with a blown tire. U.S. troops have withdrawn from cities in Iraq, but they're not leaving the country till 2011. So is this? Can I address this to the 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 guy who keeps text messaging in all caps that he says we just withdrew from Iraq? Why don't you mention it? Because it didn't happen. So no, why don't you happen. stow it, friend? We're not leaving till 2011. Seriously. So and people always do that to me. Say, I mean, why are you telling people lies? Well, I think we check these things most of the time. I mean, that is my job, and I've been doing it for quite some time. Thank you. Anyway, a woman is hit by a car in the southwest Portland Thriftway parking lot. You're still laughing. I'm not laughing at the woman no, being hit by a, a car. I'm sorry. Be very clear about that. That was holdover laughter, Tim. Uh, well, from... people think we just started doing this yesterday. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. It appears that way in certain instances. But behind the scenes, we're in full control. It's all carefully constructed. It is. Uh, Tim. And it all goes up without a hitch every time. So those are the headlines on this Wednesday, unless you're in Budapest, where apparently it's like next week already or something. If you're a rock star in Budapest. <laughs> if you're Tyler Durden in Budapest. <laughs> where it's Thursday. So we just spoke with Fred Durst <laughs> they from, have... from Biscuit. They're on the check calendar. <laughs> the, uh, Wait, do you think this is necessary? Uh, wow. <laughs> there we go. So... I first of all, let's just uh, say this: well done on the mystery guest. Because after last week, when we talked to the guy who wrote the book "Ideological Bigotry," who was I don't know, he was like some right wing guy who'd written the book about learning to tolerate liberals or something, and 
So that was last week. I had no idea what this week was going to be, but I was, again, default to it being Andy me. Dick. You said, no, you said that I, that we couldn't talk last week. So the way it works is that Sarah hands me a piece of paper right before the interview, and then I open it up, and I in, in huge letters it said, Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you effing kidding me? And apparently you were not. So uh, we bring him on, and I say, how are you on this Wednesday morning? He goes, well, I'm in Budapest, where it's, what did he say it was? He said, where it's yes, Thursday. It's Thursday morning. Which I don't think... No, which is not true, which my friend Heather keeps me. She's like, this is driving me insane. Budapest is only 10 hours ahead. So it's like 6 o'clock on Wednesday which night Which means there. it's like early evening on yeah. Wednesday. Well, you know. Smoke so. some more. <laughs> we so tell me again how the interview did not... Almost didn't happen. Well, he was supposed to be on at 6.40, and then about five minutes before before that, they called and said, oh, yeah, we're running late. We're running late. And it ended up being like 15 minutes after that that they were going to be on, and right at 6.50, they still weren't even on the phone. Yeah, no, I know. I was here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Looking at the phone, sort of wondering if it would. And then I saw you answer it, and then, you know, the way it usually works is you answer it, and you say, okay, great, thanks, hold on. You picked up in a second, put it on hold. But I could tell that you were talking to somebody just endlessly there. Yeah, well, I answered the phone, and, and she said, uh, you know, our rep there, she said, yes, okay, we're ready to go. And so that's when I signaled you guys to go. And then they just put me on hold. For, oh. for say, and that, that, that never happens. For, it's on hold for like a minute and a half, waiting. That is so ridiculous. Yeah, and I could hear somebody in the background. I'm assuming that you was You know, let me just say, it was very easy to schedule Fred Durst, and Andy Dick was totally booked up. Really? Is that true? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fred Durst, it was like immediate. It's like, sure thing. He was just like looking through Andy his planner. Dick, it's and... like, no, I had it scheduled. It's like, I'm sorry, there's too much demand for Andy Dick. <laughs> sorry. These... You can't have him anymore. How do you feel about next March for him? Uh, Fred Durst, though, and it, you're just picturing just a completely barren day planner where it's just pain. <laughs> Page after page of like open, open, open. Just says rock star at the top. And here's oh, he's called himself a rock star three times. That's when he wasn't calling himself Tyler Durden. Oh God! Here's a little rule: you're aware of this. Can't give yourself a nickname. Can't compare yourself to Tyler Durden. Other people can do that for you. You yourself cannot make that comparison. I just picture him sitting on a tour bus alone in shiny shorts, scratching himself playing Xbox and smoking weed. Shiny shorts. Oh. You know, and here's the thing. <laughs> I is that there's so much I really want to ask that guy, but that you can't either because a first of all that it, every every question I asked him, it just the answer was so disproportionate. It was like this. It was like the unedited Scott Weiland interview, where he was I like Chinese food and barbecue, and it just goes on for like nine minutes. It's like an unfunny Family Guy sketch uh, where it just drones on and on, but, but it, it never becomes but funny. It, it never gets to the point of hilarity. So all of Fred Durst's answers were really long. Which and, and to questions that I didn't really care about because I was just kind of trying to make it up and try to figure out what the hell I was going to ask him. So I couldn't get to the two I really wanted, which was like, what's up with Wes Borland rejoining the bank? Because I thought they hated each other. But I mean, I guess money heals all wounds. But that and then the thing here's the and we got to take a break and we'll come back with Jim Roop, who's going to talk to us about the, the Michael Jackson uh, viewing, which apparently is going to happen this weekend. The, the thing I couldn't. Do you ever like see somebody in a, in a compromising position, and then the next time you see them, you have to get that image out of your head, but it's all you can see? Mm-hmm. I just kept picturing that sex tape that he put out. Oh God, he was where so it's, where is that's it? right. It's him just 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 getting it on with that girl uh, in a sort of uh, wheelbarrowing position, as Sarah would say. But then occasionally taking the camera and turning it back at his own face and going like, "Oh yeah," into the camera. <laughs> Who the man? You know that's what he pauses it on too when he watches it. <laughs> totally, oh, just so when he watches it back. Point. Oh. <laughs> With his on his own face, just oh, 
Oh, that's right, Tyler Durden. All right. Jesus. All right, straight ahead, Jim Roop, who will talk to us about the the chaos that is coming to Santa Barbara this weekend for the Michael Jackson viewing. All right. Uh, we are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Wednesday morning here, Thursday morning in Budapest. Stay there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. UFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Any number of reasons, I would imagine. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars and man about town, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm dandy. When we last left uh, Jim Roop, you were wondering if your uh, family's planned vacation to Florida was going to happen because it all kind of hinged on uh, when all the Jackson funeral plans came together. But this thing they're doing this weekend isn't the actual funeral, right? I don't know what the hell's going on. And neither do the people in Santa Barbara County because all these rumors are floating around about a public viewing and memorial service on Friday and a private service on Sunday with the family. Yet none of the Jackson family members, no one, has contacted Santa Barbara County. And there are major permits that you have to apply for for any public event, especially in a little tiny town like this. Now, everybody up there, the Sheriff's Department, uh, Fire Department, everybody's sort of getting ready just in case it does happen because if the Jacksons decide Thursday morning they're going to apply for this, they're going to accommodate them. Not, you know, That's not a problem. But and no one knows for sure what's happening. The plan is... They will leave tomorrow around 10 a.m. in this giant motorcade, drive Jackson's body some, I don't know, 30, 30 cars, 150 miles to Los Olivos from Los Angeles, and then on Friday have this service. There's a lot of activity going on at Neverland. Sod trucks are pulling in. Concrete trucks are pulling in. There's obviously something that, for which they're preparing there, but no real confirmation on anything. And then you have the crowds. Have you ever you've been to to uh, Santa Barbara in, in the uh, Solvang Los Olivos area, correct? Oh yeah. You know how small it is. It's like it's a it's a two lane highway, and they expect some two hundred thousand people to converge in that area on an already busy Fourth of July weekend. It's going to be. I mean, I'm talking biblical proportions, and I'm going to be stuck in the middle of all that crap. You can always stop at Anderson's Pea Soup. Isn't that the only thing? On the way, everybody does. I'm like, oh, absolutely. You got to I love you, man. You have to. You have, on your way up, oh, yeah, it's a great big sign, Anderson's Pea Soup. And whether you like the stuff or not, you're going to eat it. Uh, and people people stand to. in line to eat pea soup up. Yes, <laughs> well, but, but you know what? The banana plantation's gone, right? Before you get into Santa Barbara, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that place is gone. All right, there used to be banana this, but any kind of banana you want, you can find it there. Got yeah. wiped out in a storm. And, well, and Tim was noting that, you know, you get to the people in Los Angeles who just, more than, as you know, Jim, more than anything, just want to leave. They just want to get out. And, I mean, there's going to be such an influx of humanity, uh, you know, coming into California for this thing that it's just going to tie up everything beyond what it would already be. On a 4th of July weekend. Yeah, I have to go up there tomorrow. Oh, Fest Parker's Wine Country Inn is now yeah. overbooked. Fox and, Fox, the Fox and Winery, that's Fest Parker's wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, good wine, by the way. I don't know if you've ever, ever had any, but it's good wine. Fest right. Parker's wife puts out wine? Fest Parker's a winery guy. Yeah, Fest Parker's been, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's been making wine for a long time. I, 
I've been up there and, and have talked with him, you know, at the wine tastings up there. He's a really cool dude. This is Daniel Boone Fest, anymore, Fest Parker. He's very well known. He makes great wine. See, that's all. See, that's a thing that I would I had no I had no awareness of. So this see the gaps in my knowledge that uh, well, you, you know, just remember Ed Ames and the Frontier Rabbi thing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, There's more to it than that. <laughs> the so if this happens, if this viewing happens on Friday, when like do we know when? Because here's the th- here's the thing, just so you, because I'm sharing a little bit of uh, your world here. I'm supposed to leave town Thursday night with my wife, and I'm already thinking. Depending on when this viewing happens, that may, that may not happen for me because I can't not not be here to to weigh in on it to some degree. When would that take place? It would be Friday. I mean, but do we know what time? Is that like an early morning I'm thing? I'm guessing is it- it'd be an all-day thing with the gates opening at six, seven in the morning, kind of thing. That's just a guess. I have no idea. Who paid for this truck? Full of porta potties that was just dropped off there. That's, that's a great question. I'd like to know who's paying for all this stuff. Look at the manpower. This state, starting today, is issuing IOUs. We don't have any cash. We can't pay our bills. Yet look at the resources. All the all the uh, sheriff's department, the LAPDs involved, helicopters are involved. All this overtime and manpower. Uh, who's paying for all this stuff? I mean, this is just, this is getting a little out of hand And no here. one could spare one person to send to Farrah Fawcett's funeral yesterday. There isn't an inch of footage on that anywhere. <laughs> well, they wouldn't let us. I, I was uh, out there yesterday for that funeral. They they would not let us near anything. Well, All the shots you got of the funeral are from across the street of the cathedral. They wouldn't let us uh, hang out on that parking lot, or, or on the sidewalk there. You know, very rarely uh, are you aware at the time that you are living through one of those moments that you will look back on later. But I got to tell you, I think we all know that like this week, last week, probably next week, uh, this month, uh, the month of June 2009 is going to be something that everybody uh, remembers uh, with a mixture of, of sort of the wonder and fatigue. Oh, I think. no doubt. No doubt. No, no. I mean, I, I think we already realize how historic this whole thing is, but still, um, it, it it it's it's mind-boggling, simply because it a lot of it makes no sense. Yeah, I well, as you said, the fact that they haven't even asked Santa Barbara about this, haven't said like, hey, is it okay with you if we have half half the Western Hemisphere uh, converge yeah, on your right, town for this viewing? Princess Diana like motorcade. Yeah, where's Elton John? Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> He wasn't. Michael Jackson wasn't blonde. He doesn't get a song. Oh, okay. um, the uh, that's the rule. You're, you're not blonde. No song for you. The so and as Tim was noted, that I would want one. Like the only place it really stops is right there, right? I mean, so it's just the the traffic and the congestion and just the density, the persons per square foot. Uh, you know, it's going to be present starting on Friday. It's just going to be unfathomable. And, uh, and the beginning of a holiday start- weekend. I'm sorry, go ahead. What well, did you say, Tim? The beginning of a holiday weekend is bad enough there. Oh, man. And, and you know that people are going to start getting there now with yeah. all these all this stuff going on. So by the time I get there tomorrow, I want to try and arrive a few hours ahead of the motorcade. If it does happen, we may get up there and wind up sitting on our thumbs for two days. You know, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna get there a few hours before the motorcade. Hopefully, be in some sort of position to see it all happen. But I might be six miles down the road from the gates of Neverland and never be able to actually get there. You'd be like one of those people that you know, where, the, where your minibus was parked three miles away from uh, from Woodstock, and you could just sort of vaguely hear the sounds of you country Joe. Hear the echo. Yeah, totally. Say, I was there, man. <laughs> you can kind of, if you listen really, really hard, you can kind of hear the fish cheer sort of wafting through the air. At you, but you can't really grasp anything beyond that. Hey, just, uh, on a sort of related issue, real quick, here's a dumb question: Are Joe and Catherine Jackson still married? Oh uh, yeah, uh, she's 
she's filed for divorce, I think, twice, maybe three times, and has never followed through with it. I don't think they live in the same house. I think she lives in Encino, and he lived or was living at the uh, Homeby Hills place. Um, but I, I, I know they have not been cordial to each other for uh, for quite a while. All right, because they keep talking about how the how the the, the will leaves uh, his most of his stuff to Catherine and to the kids, and that and that uh, she Catherine is at least going to have temporary custody of them. And they specifically point out that she will be the one having custody, which struck me as really strange if they were still married. But I guess if they're married but you know not together, then that makes a little bit more sense. So yeah. Uh, did you have uh, a? Uh... I did have a question about the uh, the compound in Encino. Is that the original Michael Jackson Encino compound? Yeah, that's the, the one they bought in '68. Yeah, the one with the giraffes that used to poke their heads over the yep. walls and people were upset. Yep. <laughs> now you see the guy. The, it, it was so funny when I was out there the other day. Um, this may not be funny, but um, there's this guy, his neighbor, that right next door. Right, he had his gate open, and he he had, he's on oxygen, but he had the longest freaking tube. The, the tube went all the way to his house, and, you, and I don't. It looked like it was a clothesline, but it was attached to his nose. So he comes out, and, and he's you know very old. He goes out. What the hell? Get out of my get out of my driveway. I mean, this guy, he can barely talk. He was on oxygen, but he was going. Look at that. Get that balloon off of my yard. You know, what I mean, it was just it's just the craziest thing in the world. I just love that guy. By the way, I have to say the phrase. It looked like a clothesline, but it was hooked to his nose. <laughs> That really is, uh, that's There's the oddest conglomeration of words. There's your promo for Monday. God, man. Uh, right. I'm almost envious of Jim Roop's job. I, is it, is the thing is, in, in, isn't it almost tempting, Tim, just to, to, to rearrange it, to plans just to go there, yes. just to see yes. it? I don't think I could convince my wife of that at this point. I, I don't think I could get her on the let's go to Santa Barbara and swelter in the sun uh, amidst, you know, like in some weird sort of instant Calcutta. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because there are no facilities there. None. It says that I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, nine clean porta potties there, Jim. Oh. For, for two hundred thousand <laughs> <Yes>. people, <laughs> no, no water. <laughs> you know what? We have these little things. Uh, 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 please forgive the insensitivity. They're called can't wait, and this little little devices where you know you, if you got to use the facilities, you don't have anything. You got this little this little bag with this gel stuff in it. You can use that. I, I, I'm going to bring about fifty of those <laughs> and so a cooler of water, <laughs> and I'm going to make myself some cash. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a concession stand so you can pee and drink, and, and not have to and not have to worry about it while you're waiting in line to go see Michael Jackson's body. Can I just say that I speak for all of us and I say that you are my hero. You really are. You I'm are not the... kidding you. I'm taking a whole bunch of that. We got a ton of it here. <laughs> I, I can see Jim Roop's roadside stand. <laughs> And I'm going to have the most popular stand, especially for people who are drinking. Big Jim's House of Values. Son. This All is right. Jim Roop is in. <laughs> it is the American way. All right, my friend, we will undoubtedly be speaking much, 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 much more about this in the immediate future. Have a good day, sir. You betcha, buddy. There you go. Bye Jim bye. Roop, ladies and gentlemen. He's the greatest person ever. He really is. He's the greatest guy who's ever lived. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's the way you have to be to have a job like that. All right, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Did I have a concession stand so you can pee and drink while you're waiting to see Michael Jackson's body? I love this country. Back out of this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. 
whose eyeballs am I going to pick out? On Rock 101 KUFO. I think we're conflating a whole lot of things. They're not going to be tossing Michael Jackson's body around in the crowd. I think you're thinking of... Get a crazy person close enough to him and somebody's going to want a souvenir. If they brought the body to Iran, that might happen. Is that Iran that we're thinking of where there was somebody who died and he... He was sort of like a beach ball at a Jimmy Buffett concert. They were sort of it's like, it's like a big mosh pit. <laughs> Who was it? But was it in a was it in a casket or it was, was it a, just his body? And then they were firing automatic weapons into the air. I think yeah. he, they were just like kind just of for fun, crowd surfing him. This was Iran well, that I'm thinking of because we're, we're all remembering the same story. Or Allah's attention, <laughs> or wherever he was. Uh, or maybe just like uh, maybe he he died over there and the grave was over there and there was this massive humanity in between and it was just sort of a fireman's carry to kind of get him to the. Uh, it was like a bucket brigade to get to get him to the hole. Oh, good God Almighty! All right, it's the so Rick Emerson knows show. What's happening? Going on, and nobody's in charge. Uh, we are. Uh, that's not just here, by the way. That's also at Neverland. Uh, you are listening to the Rick Emerson show. It's Rock One Hundred One KUFO. It's uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, Greg is asking if that's Nikolai Kuchescu. No, no, no. You're thinking of that's Romania. Wait, Romania? Yeah. Romania. And no, no, no. That, that was, was how a... they celebrated. Cri- not was it Romania? I'm trying to remember. Romania, I think, it was... was one of those useless countries over there <laughs> that never amounts to anything. <laughs> Bulgaria, Romania, Bulgaria. Let's call the whole thing off. That's how they celebrated Christmas. Uh, they captured their uh, their dictator and the wife and killed them both on live TV Christmas Day. And then they strung them up by their ankles right there mm-hmm. in front of the palace or wherever it was. I, I remember uh, they... Greg is saying that I mean, they... She's dressed in this ox coat and they're trying to yank her out of a tank. Greg, Greg is saying... Uh, they did string him up, but I thought they tossed the body around. Well, maybe they later. Did. Like, That's what I'm remembering, too. I no, no, that, that, that is, a, that is conf- a different death. You're confusing a whole lot of things here. In fact, we're all uh, just mashing a bunch of instances into one. Which has nothing to do with Michael Jackson. Well, we don't know, though. Tim, it hasn't happened yet. It's entirely possible uh, that they will... Uh, I mean, really, would you be would you be surprised at this point if they just offered little freeze-dried packets of him uh, to people for like $75 or something? I mean, they were selling uh, carpet swatches from his bathroom. Uh, not too long ago, and that father is. I mean, there's just, there really is just no telling uh, what they're going to whore out next from that guy's estate. Sarah is thinking of the story from 2005, I think, where a guy in it was an Iranian leader, I believe, who died. And Tim, you said the Ayatollah, but it wasn't Khomeini because that was that was that a long would, that time would have ago. Been an Iraqi uh, Iran leader. Yeah. So, but it was a an Iranian leader who had died, and then they had his casket that was being passed around in the crowd like it was some sort of a frat house bong. Yeah. Uh, and then it, at one point, they were sort of celebrating his life and legacy with a bunch of guys in the crowd just firing AK-47s straight up into the air, which is awesome. Mm. Um, so that's what you're thinking of. Greg is thinking of Nikolai Kochescu, who, along uh, with his nutcase wife, was the sort of oppressive dictator of Romania. And there was a coup that happened there in about 1990-ish, something like that. Yeah, it's when they started tossing all the communists out. Yeah, and, and he kind of came out into the balcony. He's like, no, 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 get back in your homes. I, I command you to let go. And the next thing you know, the beautiful was... days of tomorrow are coming. <laughs> and and the next, the, the, yeah, the next thing is like they were hanging by their ankles in front of his palace uh, dead, and I think everybody was just like pelting them with rocks and garbage. So that's how no, they shot them. How the well, yeah, but I mean, I, but I think then they left the bodies up. For like a day and a half, didn't they? They may have. And it was it was just sort of a take that, and which is it is amazing how quickly the worm can turn. I mean, you wake up and you're running the whole joint. You end the day dead, strung up, being pelted with feces. Uh, you know, so I mean that's that's a bit of a reversal uh, in terms of one's personal position. So 
None of these things at the moment have anything to do with Michael Jackson, who is going to be put on display. And Sarah really hit on something. Uh, we were talking to Jim Roop just now, and we got all sidetracked with Jim Roop's plans to sell, like, the bags into which you can pee <laughs> and concession bottles full of water at Neverland because Santa Barbara's not going to have anything like that for these 200,000 people that they're estimating. Maybe they're going to be covering them with cement. Maybe that's what the cement truck's there for. I mean, do you, you know what I mean? That's the thing. is like there's so many facets to this that are coming together all at once. It's difficult to keep track of it. And so we were talking to Roop about the fact that there's going to be no water, no food, no toilet facilities for anybody. They haven't asked uh, Santa Barbara for any permits. That town isn't equipped to have 200,000 people show up. There's all the cement being taken into Neverland and trucks, and nobody knows why. And Sarah, during the break, said, I think you're missing the fact that they're going to be putting Michael Jackson's body on display for everybody to come stare <laughs> like at. kind of obsessing about the wrong thing, I think. It is really weird when you think about it, because they don't but typically... Why would they do that? Do you remember... The, okay, what, do we remember a celebrity, a non-politician celebrity who has had their body put on display? Anybody? They didn't do that with James Brown. They just stuck him in a freezer for like a month. Hmm. Trying to think. I can't remember in this country anyway if there has been a celebrity who has died who has had that sort of lie. What they call it lying in state, uh, where like they'll put you in the courthouse or in the uh, the Capitol building. Because like they did with Reagan, and I, they do that. I think with most with elected officials of a certain uh, caliber, where they put you, they, they do take you to like a, you know to a federal building in Washington, usually the the Capitol, and you will kind of stay there in the in the in the lobby or something, <laughs> sort of. You know, and as, you, and as you're on your way and waiting for the elevator, you kind of go over and, you, you know, you look at whoever's, you know, look at Tip O'Neill. Um, so I, I can't remember if they've ever done that with a celebrity, though, just a flat out pop celebrity in this country. That might be the first time. I can't think of one. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because he is kind of a quasi religious figure to a lot of people. And to some people, not even quasi. Yes. All right. Jesus. All right. Straight ahead, we have news uh, from Tim Riley. We will uh, try to get uh, caught up on all of this. That is uh, within the next hour. We also have uh, some creature uh, from the Black uh, Black Lagoon uh, tickets we're going to be giving away. They're going to be showing a restored 35-millimeter print of that this weekend. We have tickets to that to give away and more. Stay there. It's Wednesday morning. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO. Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. All right. So, it is uh, Wednesday. Uh, I'm already not looking forward to the conversation with my wife about... Uh, so, baby, I know we were supposed to leave town, but... Michael Jackson, you don't understand. Because there's no way that I'm going to be able to convince her to go to Santa Barbara. And, you know, even if I could, I think that might just be a road to disaster at this point anyway. I think that might... I think... No, it would be a, literally a road to nowhere. Like, you wouldn't be able to get there. It would be like trying to get into Saigon. Cars are going to be overheating. People stranded by the side of the road. No help available. They'll be peeing in Jim Roop's special bags that he's selling them. I'm going to go pee in Jim Roop's special bag. <laughs> Do I turn you on? Uh, all right. Do you find that amusing, butthead? Yeah, that's one of the only impressions I could really do was Mr. Buzzcut. And I, even even my ability that has faded over time because it's like, when do, you, when do you ever need to practice that? I could do Tom Anderson, uh, which is also Hank Hill, and I could do uh, Mr. Buzzcut. But that's, uh, that's about it. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's going to be like the stand, man. It's going to be like Captain Trips Unleashed all over that place. It's, it's going to be humanity as far. And it really just a stinking uh, stripe of humanity as well because... However clean uh, you may be when you go into Santa Barbara, after like three days of being stuck there on the 4th of July weekend with no access uh, to water or toilet facilities, 
Um, it's going to become very unpleasant for everybody. Uh, let's uh, do this in just one moment. We'll have uh, Tim Riley with more uh, Jackson News Force. You have the and the, you have that video, the the girl from the thriller video, right? Yes. All right, we'll get that in one second. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you are not going to Santa Barbara this weekend, if you're going to be in town, or in fact, I think it's going for like a, a week. At the Hollywood Theater, which is uh, one of our favorite places, they are showing a restored 35-millimeter print of the creature from the Black Lagoon in the original 3D. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It's everything that a 1950s monster movie should be. It came in 1954, one of the original mainstream 3D horror films, along with House of Wax, I think, with Vincent Price. It's been restored into its, it's just a beautiful, clean print of the 35-millimeter version of Creature of the Black Lagoon in 3D, and it's going to be opening uh, July 3rd, which is Friday at the Hollywood Theater. You can get tickets there now, and if you're caller 10 at this very moment, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, caller 10, you'll get a pair of tickets to see the Creature of the Black Lagoon in 3D at the Hollywood Theater. Here's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 806. Beautiful sunny days coming up for the holiday. In the low 90s today, middle 90s by tomorrow, the day after and the day after that. Before we get the Michael Jackson stuff, there are some local things here. Uh, one burn auctioneer's throat has been slashed. His assailant quickly apprehended. More than 80 people witnessed the box cutter attack. 22-year-old Jeremiah Thomason of Coos Bay quickly caught in a nearby trailer park facing numerous charges, including attempted murder. The 50-year-old auctioneer is being uh, expected to survive. No word yet on the motive. It's just some crazy guy running on the loose. Portland now has the dubious distinction of having the nation's largest jobless rate jump. Mm. May's 11.6% unemployment numbers climb 6.7% from the year before. Unfortunately, that makes us number one, leaving Detroit to be number two at 6.6%. So more of these Michael Jackson stories. Michael Jackson will lie in state in his Neverland Ranch in an ornate gold-colored coffin, wearing one of his trademark major drum costumes, and a single white glove. Is this like that Sergeant Pepper uh, costume? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He'll be transported to the, to the compound under ultra-tight security and an escort from the California Highway Patrol, which is broke. All of a sudden, we're finding them well, That's in California. Like, like, literally, and he's not being figurative about this, literally, the state is giving out IOUs to people. Like, look, we can't actually pay you right now, but here's a little certificate. You can redeem this for some sausage uh, down the street, and also we'll pay you at some point in the future. But, they, but they're going to have all this money they can fork over for the Jackson thing. Mm-hmm. So once they get there, the motorcade gets there. It's like 120 miles. Neverland Ranch from L.A. There's going to be an amazing fairy tale carriage. That his coffin is put into, and it's creepy looking. It's white. It looks like a Princess Diana type of thing. And it'll be drawn by white horses. Don't ask me where they're getting the money for this. Who's paying for it? Who's organizing it? Nobody knows. And then all this is being kept under wraps, of course. And then Jackson's family wants him to, quote, look like a prince, unquote, as fans pay their last respects. The carriage is said to be the focal point in part of the star's last journey. Is this a horse-drawn carriage? Yes. They know it's the 4th of July weekend and it's hot, right? Yeah. They may be ex- horses. Well, I'd, well, also that, but I was just thinking expediency in getting, you know, a body. Uh, the carriages don't tend to, to come with air conditioning. No, that's, uh, Jesus. Vast crowds are expected to watch the King of Pops coffin taken through the streets of Los Angeles starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. It'll be a 30-car motorcade. It'll make the drive to the remote 2,800-acre Neverland Ranch in Santa Barbara County. How long is it going to take? Forever, because <laughs> what are they supposed? Are they supposed to stop all the traffic on Ventura Freeway? How is that possible? I have no idea. Where's all this traffic that normally goes on 
on uh, Highway 101 supposed to go. And so this is at start. This isn't Friday. This is starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Right after we get off the air, like all things do. Of course. <laughs> Everything happens when we're, as soon as we're leaving. So it starts at 10 a.m., and then they're going from L.A. to the Neverland Ranch. Correct. It's about 120 miles. 120 miles drawn by horses. Now, Wait, the whole mind, 120 miles? That's what it no, sounds like. No, no, the horses aren't aren't coming into the picture until they get to Neverland Ranch. Oh, I see. Okay. No, the horses would die. Okay, so how, they, take, they had to go 100, 120 miles so on the California take, freeway. But they're doing like they took a, him out of the refrigerator and yeah. put him in the carriage. But, but it's like a 30... A 30-car caravan that is going from L.A. to Neverland. That is correct. Yes. So that's going to F the traffic just as much. Well, it's already effed up in Southern California any hour of the day, especially on the Ventura Freeway, which hasn't been expanded in a million years. God. It's just this like a cluster. Serious. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean uh, uh, are they expecting to stop the traffic that's already on the freeway to allow this thing to pass? Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine if they just, I'm sorry, no one's going to be able to get on the freeway today or tomorrow. You'll have to stay bang, home. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> And I'd be one of them if I lived there. Tim was just, that bang, bang was accompanied just now by a really forceful gesture where Tim's, Tim was doing, like, the finger pistol. Well, that, that's from someone who used to live there who knows the way things go. Oh, man. This, uh, this text message at 52051 says, Oh, man, I hope the Jackson funeral is on July 4th. A big, gaudy fireworks spectacle. An inspirational video about Michael Jackson, a true American hero. Uh, so the thing is, if the family has already decided against the wishes of everybody there... And he's going to be buried there, and they're just going to cover him with a big block of cement. <laughs> There's nothing they can, they can do. <laughs> Who's to say true. that that isn't the plan? Well, they, Why they, would the cement truck be there? They then? took 32,000 pounds of cement. So they have, you know, these slaves who are going to dig this big hole in two minutes, throw them <laughs> in and cover him with cement. Now try to move him now. <laughs> We're too weak. We have to go to the bathroom. We, we cannot resist. <laughs> We're, we're starving, we have to go to the bathroom, and we're dying of the heat. Too bad. Bury him in cement. Then we'll give you something. That's the plan. <laughs> that is the official opinion of CBS News, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, Who's we'll to have... say I'm wrong? Oh, we, we still have the Thriller Girl here. So Okay, so in just a while, so straight ahead, we'll hear this. Uh, and this isn't like, uh, like old sound. This is an interview they just conducted with the girl who's in the Thriller video. Yeah. Um, where they ask her... Like, point blank about sexing, you know, like, hey, did you get your sex off with Michael Jackson? Her answer will surprise you. Uh, that's uh, straight ahead. Jesus. Will it really? God, no, not so much. <laughs> uh, Lord. Well, we're trying to make sense of all this. It's still to come before the uh, end of the hour, by the way. Uh, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. Speaking of circuses and sideshows, we're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a such a mad wolf, and they stuck forward. I thought I was going to die, because they were like rabid animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And good morning to you. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 52051. And uh, whatnot. Uh, if you are caller 10 at this moment, 503-228-4101 is the number. 503-228-4101. If you're caller 10, you will win a pair of tickets to the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow versus Jake the Snake Roberts coming to the Wonder Ballroom on July 7th. You've got to be 21 and over. If you are 21 and over and you attend, you will see wrestling, amazing circus stunts, which really are pretty amazing, by the way, having seen Jim Rowe, uh, Rose do his thing. Uh, and a fist fight, it says here. I don't know if that's like a bring-your-own fist fight or... 
Anyway, uh, wrestling, amazing circumstance, and a fist fight live at the Wonder Ballroom, July 7th, 21 and over to attend. Uh, but if you call right now, if you're a caller, 10 at 503-228-4101, you want a pair of tickets to see Jim Rose Circus Sideshow versus Jake, the Snake Roberts. Uh, it's just, I'm re- real quickly, I'm reading the message board at TMZ, which are just the lowest rung of humanity, not TMZ themselves, but just the people who post on TMZ. It's amazing that they, that they even have the opposable thumb uh, with which to get online. I'm looking at some of these posts about the Michael Jackson story. And this is the story about how they're transporting uh, porta potties. They just dropped off a bunch of toilets, mm-hmm. and so and, and just the post in no particular order. Uh, post at tw- ten twelve a.m. Maybe they're transporting him in one of the toilets. Followed up by you are an awful person. Followed up by you're an awful person. Followed up by uh, R.I.P. M.J. May the Lord watch over you until we meet one day. Uh, which is creepy. Po- posters uh, on these sites always turn against each other by their second or third message. <laughs> Instantly. And it's always like, at, uh, you know, uh, uh, Slam Jam 55. You, you're you an ass. Yeah. Um, how about this? At number two. You are an idiot, cruel person. Uh, followed by this. You guys are crazy, but thanks for giving the attention. Yes, his fans got to pee like all humans. <laughs> uh, Sarah, his fans got to pee. That's in all caps, by the way, like all humans. Uh, and finally, I will just read this. The final post, this is by some guy posted on TMZ. It says, I will just read this as it's written. It's so sad. We will meet someday. We gonna meet someday. And guess you will be on the stage that night. Just rolls reversed. Your nose falling off and passing out and some else like it now. I will be in the first row with a cell phone to dial 912. He put a lot of thought into that. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the common person. Now for something completely different. Here is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 826. A heat wave is on its way. Could be out there already. Haven't checked. But it's going to be in the 90s for the next few days, so be ready. A Portland area sheriff failed his police exam. Now, in all fairness, Multnomah County Sheriff Bob Skipper did retire from a three-decade police career about 13 years ago. Skipper was named sheriff last year when Bernie Justo retired. Skipper is being recertified as a cop in Oregon, and he said he plans to hit the books and retake the exam and pass it. A big cat has been seen in the Salem Cemetery. Apparently it's a cougar, and they posted some warning signs nearby. They also uh, gave some cougar tips to the general public. It says, don't leave small children outside, because uh, that's what cougars like most of all. Uh, discourage cougars from frequenting your neighborhood. If you see uh, cougars around your home or property, chase them away by shouting, making loud noises, or throwing rocks. <laughs> and Sarah and I will go completely two different ways on this, because you go right for the, uh, like, picturing Stifler's mom oh, yeah, I'm lurking thinking, around, thinking chasing her away with a broom. I'm thinking of all the ladies that I saw at the um, Men of Playgirl at the refectory. Yeah. <laughs> Cosmos aplenty. Were people throwing rocks at them? They should have. No, I <laughs> see, and you say that, and then I immediately go to just the idea of a huge, fanged, clawed creature that could tear you limb from limb, and that you were supposed to, quote, chase it and throw rocks at it, which seems really ill-advised. very stupid. It does. All right. Dangerous drugs are found in Michael Jackson's home. No. One is a potent drug used for surgical anesthesia. Maybe that's how he died, they're saying. The drug propofol was discovered at the residence. It's used to put uh, people under before surgery. It's yeah. extremely powerful. Jeez. Apparently it was used to put somebody under, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it, apparently the drug is so powerful, they said that if a doctor let him have it, that they could be uh, on the hook for manslaughter. Oh, and so here's a creepy sentence here. This will weird you out. 
I'm just going to read this uh, this sentence right off the pages as it's written at TMZ, which I think really has become one of our finest news sources. Oh, in this yes. World. We're old school TMZ, though. Come uh, on. It says, a white carriage hearse has been spotted on the 405 freeway. <gasps> Isn't that a creepy sentence? Oh, just the way it's written oh, oh. weirds me out. Good I can just God. picture Michael Jackson like going to Neverland Ranch in like a Cinderella pumpkin. Yes. Like pumpkin carriage. As, That's basically what it looks like. Apparently it's making its way north. All right, here's Tim Riley. So uh, the girl who was in Thriller, her name is Ola Ray. She's a former Playboy playmate. And uh, she's the gal in the Thriller video, if you think back. Now she's suing Michael Jackson for royalties. The video was made in 1983. Wouldn't she have figured it out by now? How slow is your accountant? <laughs> I don't know. So now it's uh, 26 years later. And uh, let's see. She says, oh, Michael Jackson is a deadbeat. <laughs> She's half right. <laughs> so she was, I'm sorry it had oh to be said. God. So she was interviewed on the television, and uh, she was asked if uh, Michael Jackson used drugs on the set that day in 1983. Was he doing drugs on the set of Thriller? He is totally against drugs. He was totally against anything of that sort. And now the biggest question of all, did you have sex on the set with Michael Jackson during the filming of Thriller? On the set. Hey, everybody. Sex with Michael Jackson? Gather around. No. 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 No, we didn't have sex. He was into Brooke Shields. He kept playing with me and teasing me. It's like, Brooke Shields here. And I was like, Sam, well, I don't care. You know, I really didn't want to know that. What? Uh, I'm experiencing a very um churning sensation. So I expected that just to be a flat-out no. Keep in mind, I hadn't actually heard that soundbite. I mean, I figured that she was going to say no. But th- th- she says, no. Not because, you know, Michael Jackson, or no, because no. He, he was not into me or whatever. It's because he was in, into Brooke Shields, but then he kept teasing her and, and playing, playing with her. But you've got to remember, this is 1983, Michael Jackson, and he was pretty hot back then. Well, I, no, I'm not disagreeing that I ju- uh, with that. They were like, with blocks or jacks? Well, okay, <laughs> the, I know there's, I, there's so much I don't understand here. So w- when he's playing with her, was that... Uh, I, I don't know what kind of playing was going on. Yeah, it sounded like fun. Is that the Thriller Girl or my, or Brooke Shields that he was that, that was being referred to there? Can you play it one more time? I guess It's so. the Thriller Girl. Did you ever have sex with Michael Jackson? No. No. No, Never. we didn't have sex. He was into Brooke Shields. He kept playing with me and teasing me. Uh, it's like, Brooke Shields here. And I was like, Sam, well, I don't care. You know, I really didn't want to know that. All right, so he was... Uh, Wait, so Brooke, he said Brooke Shields is here, and she said she didn't really want to know See, she, I, I'm unclear at the end. The soundbite sort of falls apart from me, sentence structure-wise. I can't tell who's being who's being referred to there. But he didn't date. Well, now we have to find Brooke Shields. This, this is like one big daisy chain of questioning. Now we have to see if he had sex with Brooke I, Shields. I, yeah, yeah, I, I believe fine. that they were uh, positioned as daters back then. For the, some so to reason. speak. The, well, was, was Brooke Shields the girl... That was Brooke Shields the one who accompanied him to what is it the VMAs or the Emmys or whatever? Yes, Where that, was the, that's and uh, he brought along uh, what's his name that uh, that small it, kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emmanuel Lewis. Yes, that one. The uh, <laughs> but do you remember the, the the shot where he is he's walking to him and I think Brooke Shields, but he's carrying Emmanuel Lewis like he's a sack of groceries. It is the weirdest thing. Well, like, he may have been trampled had he not. Well, I I get, but I mean, it's, I mean, he's trying to be considerate. Maybe trying to keep him above Brooke the rabble. Shields was a little bit too heavy. <laughs> I mean, there was a choice there. Trying to keep him above the riffraff. But it was the strangest thing. It's like, you know, look, here's the thing. Maybe he misconstrued the illness. Emmanuel Lewis's kidneys don't work. His Maybe legs work fine. Promised a babysit and forgot 
that he made the commitment to be at this party. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, baby. You might have Emmanuel Lewis comes along for the night. I uh, He'll be real quiet. We'll uh, I'll put him in the back, give him some NyQuil. He'll be fine. But I mean, he had, but he had the weird the kidney thing. I think like Gary Coleman, where his his growth was done. But it's not like he couldn't stand. And yet, every time you saw the picture that night, Michael Jackson's just sitting there with. I have to see this. He was carrying him around. You've never seen the that's, photo. That's a famous picture. It's a famous picture. It's Michael Jackson, and isn't he? Is he wearing the Sergeant Pepper outfit? I believe so. It, and that's the thing he's going to be buried in. When did he quit wearing the glove? Oh my God. Do you did you see it? Yeah. It's him, and on on his that right. Is so weird. Is, let me see if that's the same. I mean, it's got to be. The, yeah. Well, lovingly. That's, okay, that's, that's a, another view. That's a different photo. That's him with all of his Jackson brothers. That's like Tito and Jermaine and whatever. He's I guess that's another like night out. Baby. Harpo. What? He's carrying around like a little baby. Like, yeah. a, like a puppet on his hand. It's. It really. It's. It is. It, I mean, that's the thing. It almost looks like it's a Charlie McCarthy uh, sort of a thing going on. So Emmanuel Lewis. So Emmanuel Lewis. Uh, and so forth. And it, that's not the... So there's a famous photograph from the actual event. That looks to be either after or before, where it's Michael Jackson who's all gussied up. Uh, this one must be it. That is very close to it. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, ju- it's another view. The, mo- the most famous one is uh, there's swapping places. Yeah, so imagine that photo reversed. Where, yeah, I didn't it's, realize that Brooke Shields dated Michael Jackson. That's weird. And boy, and She's, it, She must have some freaky in her. Uh, well, you know, well, and I think she... Uh, first of all, let's just acknowledge how hot uh, she was. It's not like she's bad looking now, but Brooke Shields was... Quite a looker. I mean, she was uh, she was gorgeous. Uh, you know, at, at a certain point, she's a lot, she's like Jennifer Connelly. She's gotten all all pointy. Uh, she's made out of triangles and you know and gristle. But uh, but she was really gorgeous. But that's the thing is like nobody ever asked her like what is up with that? Like why are you dating Michael Jackson? Like Lisa Marie Presley, you can almost get because she's clearly nuts in, oh, in my yeah. opinion. She seems nuts. Also. You got to figure that maybe Priscilla was pulling some strings behind the scenes to try to merge the two biggest music dynasties in the world into one powerhouse. I mean, I, I just sort of take it as red that Priscilla was like, "You got to do this," because you know, or maybe he picked her, you know, at that time on a radio and TV interview report <laughs> as available, like paging through a date yes. book at home. Um, so yeah, so it's, Brooke Shields is like a hundred feet tall, and Michael Jackson, who's in the sparkly Sergeant Pepper thing with the big aviator shades. And then he's carrying around Emmanuel Lewis uh, like you would. I mean, really, it's like you would be carrying like an Underwood uh, typewriter, so you know, to your back weird. office. It's the weirdest thing. And Brooke Shields is like hugging them both. And at no point during the evening did anybody say, you know, he can stand. Like, why are you? Why are you? And, and I think wasn't Emmanuel Lewis because he's the deal where he always looks a lot younger than he is, like Gary Coleman. Wasn't Emmanuel Lewis like twenty five or something when that was taken? So he's basically carrying around a little grown man. <laughs> In his arms all night, and no one... I mean, he looks like he's carrying Humpty Dumpty. I mean, you wouldn't have seen Michael Myers carrying around the, the Vern Troyer guy, because everybody would have said, well, that's odd. Yeah. What, what is... Why would you do that? Or like, you know, that, that who's his name? The, the roll-off guy? The little people, big world? Imagine if I just said I wanted to carry him around the office on my back all day. Maybe we could call him and ask if we could carry him. Well, let's not do that ever. All right. Straight ahead, more uh, news from Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, before the end of the hour as well, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets uh, for you to see the uh, Bymart Salute to the Troops NASCAR race, which is coming up July 18th and 19th. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Wednesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Whose eyeballs am I going to pick out? On Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Oh, don't forget we are uh, here tomorrow 
Uh, tomorrow being Thursday, and we're here Monday, uh, Monday being the 6th. As for Friday, um, that's a bit up in the air at the moment. I uh, it Probably it's just going to depend. You know, tomorrow, as crazy as this week has been, tomorrow is probably going to be the craziest day yet, just because they're going to be getting ready for all of this insanity that's going to be happening at, at Neverland. Somebody, somebody says uh, about the cement truck, there's only two explanations. They are building a giant monument to Michael Jackson as we speak so that all may bow before it. Like Mount Rushmore. Or King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, two, they're just flooding the entire place with five feet of concrete to cover up, you know. Which I think, which many people have said, by the way. There's been a lot of like, and you know, didn't Jackson make the statement in print after he was acquitted in the molestation charges? That he never wanted to go back to Neverland because he'd been so embarrassed and shamed and whatever because they searched him and they, they took pictures of my penis and yes, you know, yes. all of that. And I thought he said, like, I don't ever want to go back because they'd ruined the place for him. So how nice of the family to stick him there. Not just a little bit, but forever, theoretically speaking. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. So Michael Jackson's will doesn't specify where he wanted to be buried. It's five pages long. As for who gets what, Jackson's entire estate goes to the Jackson Family Trust, whatever that is. So details are sketchy on that. And then also this, so somebody just sent this to me, but it does, I'm looking it up here, and it is, I I believe this is actually, um, this is actually accurate. Um, Statement from Santa Barbara County officials that the county cannot confirm that any such funeral or memorial plan for Michael Jackson will occur here, despite widespread reports today by news media that a funeral or memorial event is planned for the area. California Highway Patrol spokesman Rick Quintero said the CHP had not received a request for a motorcade. He said, this echoes what Tim said earlier, this would definitely need to be notified. Uh, We need to be notified because it's going to, quote, impact the motoring public. Yes, I would think so. (laughs) 30 30 cars and a white carriage uh, uh, going up the highway. And then finally, the Associated Press is reporting, it says, is unclear whether Jackson can be buried at the ranch. California Funeral Directors Association Executive Director Bob Archerman said state law would prohibit right. Jackson's uncremated remains from being interred at Neverland. Mm-hmm. So they would have to cremate him before they could before they were in there, and thus they would be in violation of the law. Correct. Oh, and God. the cremated remains are like a large box of uh, Chinese rice. Once cremated, the average person. But since he's smaller, it might be smaller. But only the Chinese kind. Yes. Right here's Tim Riley. Uh, so some of the other things going on. You think Californians would be respectful during this period of time, but there are still Californians that are committing crimes. A Lancaster man has been charged with attempted extortion after he allegedly used a lost dog to cash in for sex and got caught. The L.A. County DA's office says Alfredo Demke found a lost dog, contacted the owner through its tags. He offered to return the dog, but only if he got $70 in cash and sex. He told the owner of the dog to meet him in the parking lot of El Pollo Loco. <laughs> the crazy chicken? <laughs> yes. Where he was promptly arrested by deputies. I dream of taking. $70,000. Take me behind the crazy chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget the $70 in cash. <laughs> I, I guess like the restroom at an Arco wasn't available. Oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if anything else would come out. I think there's really nothing. There's really nowhere to go after that. No. Uh, oh, Farrah Fawcett's funeral was held yesterday, but nobody was allowed in, according to Jim Roop. And the uh, jailbird son was let out, and he read uh, something from some prayer book and was taken back to prison. And now he's <laughs> now he's back in a cage. All right, the end.
Where wow. he bowled. Uh, all right. Uh, it's been d- quite a day, hasn't it? Don't forget uh, on, uh, fr- well, tomorrow is it? Tomorrow People are going to forget. Uh, there are too many uh, things going on between now and then. Uh, tomorrow is, I'm already is, excited for tomorrow. <laughs> that is going to be uh, the unbelievable day so far because it's going to be, I mean, because that's when the freak show is really going to start arriving. Uh, Greg, we didn't get a chance to talk about this. Greg said that somebody was at, uh, somebody called and was at a, 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 a gas station or something today, this morning, and there were some people who had a sign on their car that said they were on their way to Neverland for the viewing, and they were from Seattle. You know, everything that goes wrong and anyone who's late is going to blame it on Michael Jackson for the next few days. Absolutely. Uh, how would, how, can you even get from Seattle to Neverland? Well, if they were here. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm sure you can. But I mean, how long, though? How long was it going to well, take it, you to get it, from here to Neverland? It took me... Two days, actually a day and a half to drive from uh, L.A. to Eugene when I, when I drove up here originally. Asking to, how long to, it takes to settle in Oregon. And <laughs> another few hours from in Eugene a wagon. To here. Yes. <laughs> Stopping to bury several of your relatives who died of smallpox along the way. <laughs> With your oxen. And- yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, asking how long it takes to Neverland makes it sound like I'm in some 1950s drug scare film. Hey, Daddy-O, how long for the Kicksville to take me to Neverland? Just real quickly, uh, so on Friday, don't forget, 9 a.m. on Friday at KUFO.com, our uh, half-off sale uh, will... Uh, in honor of Michael Jackson. In honor of Michael Jackson, yes. Uh, you'll be able to th- uh, to take part in KUFO's half-off sale at KUFO.com, uh, including uh, tickets to the Weimart Salute to the Troops 125 NASCAR race, which is happening July 18th and 19th at PAR. So it's a two-day event. The tickets will be half-off at KUFO.com. July 18th and 19th is when the event happens, and uh, you'll be able to buy those again Friday at 9 a.m. You'll be able to log into KUFO.com, and uh, basically, you know, it's one will get you two kind of a thing, and that is at KUFO.com Friday. If you are caller 10 right now, though, you'll win a, a pair of those in advance. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you're caller 10, you'll win a, a pair of tickets to the Bymart Salute to the Troops race. And you're going to get those tickets uh, Friday, 9 a.m. KUFO.com. All right. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Amanda Moyer and Jim Roop, who will be selling water and pee bags at Neverland on uh, Friday. So, you know, if you're there, keep an eye out for him. He'll be the bitter guy. We also want to thank Improbably enough, Fred Durst uh, for joining us today and uh, so forth. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101. KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone. to production assistant, Greg Nibbler at the uh, front desk. The gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Panic. Smells like the 90s is next with our good friend, Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Wednesday, July 1st, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, stay safe. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. He put the little round object in his mouth. (laughs) It was delicious. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.